This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. You are listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts... Joe Lanza. X out. Go listen to some boring podcast where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza. Because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Cranch. <laughs> I love you. Who delivers <laughs> this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. In the, in the big spot. Who delivers better than this guy? <laughs> Stop yelling at me. I agree. Welcome once again to the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. I am Rich Krejci, alongside, as always, a Joe, but this time, not Joe Lanza. I have a guest coming in. Lanza needed the night off. So I have Mr. Joe Gagney. Joe, what's going on? Oh, man, we used to have such good brand separation with the Joes on the network. Me being, you know, good, wholesome family man. Another Joe <laughs> being eligible bachelor, shall we say. But now he's uh, he's married, settled down. He's doing passionate speeches about family. Uh, it's just terrible. He's got you beat on a uh, number of kids, correct? Yeah, like he rapidly. no, he jumped, yeah, he, he rapidly up, passed yeah. you in the in the kid count. That was uh almost overnight. It seemed like he passed you in the kid count. So that's, that probably <laughs> seems fair. <laughs> oh, he, he can keep that uh, that prize. <laughs> that's that's fine. How's how's your uh, your little one doing? Oh, he's fantastic. It's uh, third grade and all that. And uh, where can I find his podcast? Uh, oh, really <laughs> wait till uh, boy, I, we we were playing the old um, on the Switch. They have the old uh, internet hookup. You get to play old. NES games. We were yes, going the new online. I yeah, wish yeah. I was, uh, yeah, recording those for uh, posterity. He's a big fan of that uh, Yoshi game, which is just uh, some puzzle game that's fun for like two minutes. But he, enjoys. it's like a doctor, it's like a ripoff Doctor Mario, right? That Yoshi, yeah, game. it's ugly as hell. It's that's, yeah, it's not good yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah, not Very anything. late era NES, and they, did, you know, they could tell they weren't <laughs> terribly interested. Right. Now, thank, <laughs> right. thank God that's over with now, and video game companies. Uh, do their best to ensure uh, oh of course yeah they don't just churn out a product with, with a yeah. name on it and hope that you buy it i mean that's there's effort and, and you know that goes in every game well that's a nice little foreshadow to what we have going on later but uh joe for people that don't know you or haven't listened to for some godforsaken reason have listened to the five-star match game on the voice wrestling podcast network i uh, don't let people know where they can uh, find you on twitter and any of the other stuff that you do before we kind of get into the topics of the day yeah twitter is uh joe gagney g-a-g-n-e and uh yeah i do the five-star match game here at the voices of wrestling podcasting network there will be another episode soon actually delayed recording one tonight to be with you to uh to set that no, up feel, and uh not, thanks a lot i feel terrible now so no i i uh, we should you should have just done that <laughs> the recording software doesn't work i should probably get a little extra time to figure that out so we'll uh the uh the delay was uh necessary i assure you can we get a little and, hint or a preview as to what this episode is? I'm, I I'll don't just, even know this. I don't even I'll know this. I'll say know. it's uh, <laughs> kind of a weird time period, but early 90s WCW to pre-Nitro. Ooh, okay, okay. And who are the uh, who are the esteemed guests? Oh, we have, uh, let's see. We, we're going to have the Falcon, Mikey Falcone, but he sadly had to drop out. Uh, oh, that's... We so have uh, Brian Rose and, um, and uh, I, forget, I forget his name, one of the uh, Burning Spirits guys who was on here before. Uh, Drew? Big trot. Yeah, I, I think Drew, so. Yeah, and the, Drew, yeah, oh, yeah the probably. He's, that, that's his era for sure. Yeah, yes, so that's... Uh, ooh, that's going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, 
I got my money on Drew. Uh, if it is actually true that you have not, uh, yeah, not Andy, I would, I would definitely. If it's Drew, I'm definitely betting Drew. If it's Andy, I still think I'd probably go Andy, but maybe a little bit closer. That's not thinking that's Brian, but Drew, I think that might be Wheelhouse, and and the Falcon would have beaten all of them. We'll see. We also have a third in the I don't know the big trust man on Twitter told me he wanted to be on one time, so I'm like, well, <laughs> someone dropped out. So I don't know anything about him, so I don't know. He could, uh, he could be a sleeper. Maybe I have no he idea. might be a ringer. <laughs> that's good so that's look for that of course the five-star match game on the voice wrestling podcast network and of course at joe gagney follow him on twitter so let's get to the news of the week we had a bunch of stuff uh, to talk about here we're going to uh, review the destruction and kobe show uh, we're going to preview fighting spirit unleashed coming up this sunday we got ring of honors death before dishonor also coming up uh, this weekend coming up on friday uh progress is wembley show uh, I'm going to do the AEW uh, Jim Linum tournaments uh, night one, so we'll talk a little bit about that tournament. Uh, and then, of course, since I have you on, we're going to talk some Fire Pro, some uh, WWE 2K19, which is on the horizon. I know you're just angling to talk about WWE 2K19, and that was absolutely mm-hmm. not the game you were referring to earlier when you were saying that game developers no. don't care or put effort into it. Sure. Come on, have you seen the roster reveals? I mean, come on. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like when everyone... the wrestlers who are in the game are tweeting like look i know i look like a mutant and my mannerisms <laughs> right. are way off but hey i'm in a video game folks That's right <laughs> yeah like oh my god the adam cole <laughs> it's the best one and you know through gritted teeth because you know adam cole knows he looks like shit in that game right like oh. it looks, it looks nothing like adam cole there's creative <laughs> wrestlers that are a thousand times better than that they can go into the freaking vault or whatever the hell they call it and find 15 Adam Coles that are better detailed, but he still has to be like, oh my God, I can't believe it. <laughs> like everybody has to have that same reaction. Like they just cannot fathom that they're in this video game. It's unbelievable. Well, great. There you go. I, I guess they get some extra money on their paycheck. So good for them, I guess. And then we're also going to do questions. We got a lot of questions from our Patreon uh, subscribers as well as some people on the forum. So we're going to do those as well. So we got a nice packed show here. Uh, but let's kick it off with the Destruction Kobe show. So now I talked about this on the subscriber side uh, over at patreon.com slash voices of wrestling. Um, so, Joel, I'll let you probably do some of the uh, a little bit more of the talking here, but I'll, of course, you know, interject as, as need be. But uh, I don't know that we necessarily need to run down every single match on the entire card. I think that might be a little tiresome <laughs> for a card that especially is almost a week old at this point. But uh, I think we'd be remiss if we did not start off with the main event, uh, Tanahashi and Okada. Uh, this is for, of course, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship Challenge Rights Certificate, the old briefcase, uh, to get the main event at Tokyo Dome. And I thought in what was... I guess I, 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 this is what I assumed the result was going to be, but I was kind of shocked, and I'm curious on your thoughts of how definitive it was. Hiroshi Tanahashi, after three high-fly flows, or you know, two modified high-fly flows, and then, or, or one modified high-fly flow and two normal ones, or whatever the hell it was, just pins Okada in the middle of the ring, not a bunch of kickouts. Okada never doesn't kick out of the high-fly flow and then hit a Rainmaker and all that sort of stuff. Tanahashi just wins one, two, three in the middle of the ring, and he presumably... Still has to face Jay White, we assume, uh, but presumably will be going to the main event of uh, the Tokyo Dome and Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, Joe, what did you think of this match of Destruction and Kobe with Tanahashi and Okada? Oh, I thought it was tremendous. I know it's way to rank it. Like, who knows? There have been so many of them. You know, the, they were in different roles at this point. I was, I, did, I didn't know who was going to win this match, honestly, which made it so good to me. I, I kind of thought, you know, Tanahashi's days as a main eventer were done. And Okada put him in his rearview mirror. I didn't think he would lose to him again, but. Like you said, it was a very clean, definitive win. That spot where he, you know, pushed Okada off the top and immediately hit the high five flow was tremendous. I just, uh, you know, and then hit the others and and scored the clean win. So, I mean, it sure looks like we're headed towards uh, Kenny Omega and Tanahashi since I already started building the program. I guess <laughs> before uh, the match, but you know, yeah, before the match. Uh, besides that, I mean, even with them doing that, I kind of I thought that was a red herring, though. Honestly, I really, honestly, mm-hmm. and that's what I talked about with Joe uh, uh, Lanza last week. Is that like the 
it felt to me like, oh, well, they're a little too on the nose about that. They would, they wouldn't. New Japan's better about that. They, the hell, they don't even announce this Fighting Spirit Unleashed card, even though it was dying <laughs> in the vine. Like, please announce matches for this. But they had to wait for this show to announce matches for it. So there's no way they're going to start building towards the Wrestle Kingdom main event already when Tanahashi already has one obvious challenger in front of him and then presumably another one in, in, in Jay White. But it wasn't Red Herring. It was just like, nope, Tanahashi's looking on to the next, next, you know, that next challenger, which I thought was crazy. And I think, like you said, the definitiveness was, was what really stood out to me. And I talked about that, um, you know, on the subscriber side when I did the, the instant reaction is just that it, I'm watching it. It's, you know, 35 minutes or whatever. I assume, okay, well, you know, the high five flow gets hit and I'm waiting for Okada to get up at 2.9. And then it starts, you know, he hits Rainmaker and the risk control and all that sort of stuff. No, nope, it's just, Tanashi just wins. It just beat him. And I thought what was pretty cool about that, and I'm curious on your thoughts about this too, is, you know, we heard a lot of hand-wringing during the G1 about, oh, this Okada story, this broken Okada story. There's not much to it. And, you know, yeah, he's he lost the first two, but then he just kind of reeled off wins the rest of the way and, and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, Tanashi didn't beat him, you know, in the G1. He just kind of hit the time limit or whatever. But I thought this, to me, was a really good kind of finality or, or, or maybe to the next step of the broken Okada character because this is, you know, a guy that he put in his rear view many, many years ago. This should have been done. This should have been easy for Okada, but it just wasn't. And and what I thought of it was cool about the match too is Tanahashi, you know, other than, you know, he, he was sold a lot throughout the match or whatnot, but it felt very much like Tanahashi had control of the match almost the entire way. And that's why I was so like shocked that Okada didn't kick out and have his little streak he had his little things here and there, Okada, but man, for the most part, this felt like a Tanahashi dominant match too. It was it was kind of crazy in that sense. Did you get the same idea uh, with, with Tanahashi dominating? Yeah, he felt like the favorite throughout the whole match, which was odd because he hadn't been in that role in you know years and years. And just to see him kind of take control over that is just still kind of a shocking ending. Yeah, and and as far as the broken Okada thing, where where do you lie on that? Where you know. I'm not sure because I don't know if I've talked to you about the the G1 and and your thoughts on that, but of course, like yeah, Okada starts out losing the first two matches, and it's sort of oh, this is the broken character, and and we're seeing him still win in in the later nights, and obviously get all the way to the the, the you know the the final night or whatnot, but it never felt like he was in and that's what i kind of said when people were like oh he's just winning i'm like yeah, yeah he's winning but you got to look at the the moves are a little weird he doesn't quite hit things right he hit the stupid looking rainmaker on yoshihashi like just stuff was a little off and whatnot and then in this match i thought was a good sort of way to to, to build off of that broken okada because it's like damn he he's he was broken i mean he did not this is a guy that he years ago should have put in the rear view and tanahashi should have never ever been in the situation to beat okada as cleanly as he did but he did i mean where, where, where do you line that with the broken okada do you think this was part of that story or do you think it might be a a new sort of story they're trying to tell with okada no i think it's part of it of everything kind of falling apart for him and what happened with Gato, as I'm sure we'll discuss in a second here, with his own manager dumping him because he lost, you know, he lost again. He's a loser now. So I think it's all part of how that's unfurling. Yeah, and, and I think we, of course, need to talk about the uh, final match angle for people that did not see this uh, after the match. Uh, Jay White runs out. He hits uh, Tanahashi with the, uh, the what the hell? I'm blanking on a goddamn name. A switchblade, right? The switchblade. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, that's uh, so he hits the the move on uh, on Tanahashi. He grabs a briefcase, starts kind of gesturing towards it, pointing towards it. Um, Yoshihashi runs down, <laughs> and I felt horrible that night. I still kind of do because, like, I like making fun of Yoshihashi, but this was just sad because he runs down, he trips. 
Uh, and then he's gashed. Like his fucking <laughs> face is just crimson red. Like, my God, it's one thing to like just trip and fall. But dude, he was completely knocked out and his face was just glistening red. What I thought was funny is, is a lot of people assume that the blood came from Jay White hitting him with the chair, which would have been an awesome angle and really worked. But no, it was Yoshiashi falling no. over himself that caused the bleeding. But, uh, yeah. Jay White may as well have held a football from to kick and then pulled it away at the end. <laughs> oh, God, poor Yoshiashi. Uh, so Yoshiashi comes out and trips and then walks away and rolls out of the ring so people can attend to him so he doesn't do a whole lot uh and then gato comes down and then in the big turn gato hits the weakest fucking chair shot in history which uh really it didn't take away from the moment for me but now in watching gifts i'm like oh no that's such a bad chair shot like at the moment i was watching live on spoiled so i was like oh my god oh crap like oh wow that's that's awesome I, in retrospect, it was such a bad chair shot. He uses the wrong side of the chair. He's bending his elbow in a weird way. Who taught him? He, This man <laughs> worked in He's exposed as a fake Memphis fan because he yeah like, the, what the hell? Get out like of he here talks about how much he likes Memphis he was obviously he was in ECW forever he did FMW for God's sakes for years and years and years like how did this man learn how to hit a chair like did take it took way too much from uh from Lance Storm of course which is you know, <laughs> there's always there's good <laughs> things right. to take from Lance Storm and then there's one bad thing and chair shots is maybe the worst thing to take from a uh, old Lance but uh, I guess get wanted to be nice <laughs> right? chair shots and eulogies don't find better <laughs> role models oh my god but then, uh, so the big moment there was gato turning on okada aligning himself with jay white and now we don't know the fallout quite yet we know that there's probably some turmoil and chaos uh jay white i guess he's assuming control of of chaos with you know of gato because gato is always kind of the de facto leader of chaos even though okada was like the wrestler leader so with gato moving to jay white now you'd assume that okada has to be out of chaos that jay white's gonna leave and form his own stable like joe where, where do you see this breaking down what do you think the next step is now you know we're recording this on thursday so i don't know if they're gonna announce tomorrow hey this is the new chaos or whatever this weekend we'll talk about shows where okada is technically working with chaos i don't know if those are in canon or what the hell's going on with that but where do you where do you kind of stand with what you know where that's going to go afterwards and, and what do you think of the angle oh i thought it was great i thought it was much needed because the you know I appreciate the stability in the factions, but it's been so long. No, God damn it. That the chaos has been Jesus Christ. Yeah. Let, let me, let, let, I got to find some of these years while you're talking here. Let, let's yeah. just kind of give I me mean, one idea of how long these stables have been around. Yeah. I mean, I, you could do a split where some people follow Jay White. Some people, I don't know who would follow Jay White given the level of a uh, partner he's been in chaos. Goto. I <laughs> Goto, yeah, should, I know. Goto should be the one guy. It's like, you know what? I'll try something different. That might yeah, work over he's there. Like, I'm, I'm losing to Tai Chi. I need, uh, <laughs> I need a paradigm shift here. But who knows? Maybe uh, maybe Ishii will turn on him at the uh, Fighting Spirit Unleashed show. That, I mean, there's a hundred different ways. Ishii. Not big time. No. How dare you? That will never happen. Okay, just give me an idea. Yeah. No, you're right. No, there's And that's awesome. And I think that's the one thing that I'm really interested about this more than anything is, of course, we've had the Bullet Club turmoil and all that sort of stuff. But, but still, they're like all kind of still Bullet Club and whatnot. And I hope that this is a real in some ways some some sort of split where whether like i said whether okada then assumes the role of of the chaos leader and and there's kind of a new amount of guys that are in chaos or if jay white forms his own or or if jay white takes k i just want something different for guy i just want not to be this like warring faction where similar to bull club where it's like these three different you know groups but they're all still the bull club and it's like ah you know just i just want something different in the stables and in, in, in the units in new japan because yeah just to give you an idea i believe the first match of chaos April of 2009. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, that is a long time ago. Of course, it's, it was much different at that point. It's, you know, Giant Bernard and, and Nakamura and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Jado and Black Tiger and all these guys. But uh, 
yeah, it's still like for all intents and purposes, chaos is, is, you know, in its what 10th year at this point, almost close mm. to its 10th year. I mean, Jesus Christ, that's, that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot of, of chaos. And, and yeah, the bullet club now has been around for, for quite a few years. I think it's around seven or eight years uh, for bullet club. Uh, Suzuki gun, of course, has been around for, for quite a few years as well. And LIJ is like the new ones, but shit, LIJ is now getting up there in a few years. So it's like, we haven't had any sort of new, stables or units or whatnot so i think it'd be a great idea to have something happen some guys break away if anything and i've mentioned this on the subscriber you know side before and on the on the flagship many times before and i'm curious on your thoughts as well of just to get some different matchups you know what i mean like ishii turning heel yeah that was because oh man it's ishii i don't want him to turn heel but then there's new matches you know what i mean there's new things for ishii to do these guys have kind of been doing the same sort of styles of matches and the same kind of opponents for quite a few years because everyone's been sort of aligned in their stables. So I think that would do, play as big of a role, if anything. It's just kind of getting some people some fresh matchups. Yeah, like you know how many Lij versus uh, Suzuki Goon tag matches have we seen this year? There's one on this card. Like just you know any kind of mix up, even a little bit, could add some freshness. Absolutely. What, so what would be your prediction then? So, you, you, you know, we've had this angle, you know, forgetting whatever's going to happen this weekend or whatnot. What's your prediction of, of where everybody goes, or where everybody moves? And not every single person, but where does like the Jay White Okada power struggle go? How does that sort of work itself out? Uh, I'll say like one or two people join Jay White. The, the rest stick with uh, Okada. Or it might lead to something at, uh, at the, uh, the, the Dome where, you know, the winner, you know, gets to stay and lead the loser gets kicked out which could mm-hmm. go a couple different you could see okada get kicked out and kind of hit rock bottom at that point and then maybe have to climb his way back up as a man without a country yeah and i think that after after you know the, the destruction of kobe i think we pretty much have it locked down that in my mind at least unless anything completely changes that okada j white is probably a wrestle kingdom match uh whether it's for control of chaos or like you said, kicked out of the stable or whatever they're, they're going to do that feels pretty comfortable. And then of course, Tanahashi and, and Omega feels like the, the definite uh, main event there. And then that leaves Naito with, you know, maybe Jericho or, or, or whatnot, assuming hopefully Jericho, uh, but we'll see how that goes. But yeah, to me, and I, I'm sure you have a similar thought there. Jay White Okada seems like for sure that the, the Tokyo don't match now. Right. Yeah. I can't imagine what else I can imagine. Jay White winning the briefcase at this point. It just seems like we're locked in at this point to Tanahashi and Omega. And then that would certainly leave uh, White and uh, and Okada. So, which would be awesome. I mean, that's two semi-main yeah, events for, for for Jay White too, which is pretty cool. And I think more than anything, and and, and I'm curious uh, again, you know, what what, what your uh, attraction on this is as well. But um, Jay White is a guy who, and I get it. There there was a little rough patches there when he was kind of finding the character. Of course, Russell Kingdom was a very rough patch, a match that just did not work, and it was kind of boring and had its you know it had its warts and whatnot. But through the G1, even though it was kind of annoying that he was finishing a lot of his matches kind of shittily and doing low blows and all that sort of stuff, he was generating heat from it. And and we're seeing now after this angle, I'm really, I, I think this character is really starting to get into form and, and I'm excited. I'm generally excited that he's going to be hopefully in the semi-main event of Tokyo Dome. And I'm excited to see what the next step of it. I think they've done a masterful job of getting him to the level that he is. Where, where, where do you think, uh, or what, what do you think? Oh yeah. So far? I, I'm just, I'm just very curious where this character came from because he was always kind of a, you know, an excursion in a scrappy, you know, face kind of white meat baby face, and I was wondering where the inspiration came from to turn him into this kind of conniving, dastardly fellow. Because, like, I mean, the the character work is exemplary. I mean, the the matches can get annoying with their tropes at times, but I mean, the character work is very compelling. I'm, I wonder where that came from. Have they ever done an origin story for that yet, or is it just like 
I, I don't. I know he's like had you know promos and stuff, and he talked about it. But yeah, it seems kind of weird, like you said, because it's like he leaves and he's like this, you know, kind of scrappy, you know, underdog, hotshot youngster, and then he comes back and he's like, you know, got leather jackets and knives, and and like they've kind of tried to explain it, but I don't know if they've ever actually taken the amount of effort to really, really explain. But I guess they didn't really explain evil why why Watsonave just decided to carry a you know a. Uh, have a bunch of lasers pointing out of his fingers, but hey, you know, I guess that's that's pro wrestling at some point. Yeah, I guess you don't need to have everything explained. Although I would like an explanation for that. Now that you mention it, <laughs> it's kind of accepted that. Like, sure, carries a big like, sickle Corolla, and uh, he's just, got like, laser like, hands. Like, yeah, he went to Mexico and like similar to the Nakamura thing. Like, if you go to Mexico, I just assume that you took a bunch of drugs and then you're like you kind of come back and you're the way you are. So that makes sense. Like Watanabe makes, or not, not uh, uh, Takahashi makes all the sense in the world. Like, well, he went to Mexico and took a shit ton of drugs, and so now he's this guy. Like, that's fine. I'll accept that. The same thing with the Nakamura when he came back as Michael Jackson cosplayer. Like, that makes sense. He just got really, really high all the time, and that's what he came back as. But yeah, I don't know. Watanabe goes yeah. to Ring of Honor and doesn't do anything in New Jersey yeah, for a while. Stuck in New Jersey, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess New Jersey will do that to you. Oh, yeah, you, turn you evil, but. Uh, there you go for that. So uh, the same main event here, the Junior Heavyweight Championship Tournament semifinal was Kushida defeating Bushi. Uh, Joe, what did you think of this match? Uh, liked it. Thought it was very good. Um, found myself kind of rooting for Bushi, just kind of shake things up. I know Kushida's his superior and, and should win this match by all rights, but kind of was, uh, was kind of like, like, see Bushi kind of get a little something here because he's, you know, he's the guy who usually drops falls in the LIJ tag matches and does okay in this super juniors and that's kind of about it but uh no i thought he acquitted himself well i did like how kushida still kicked out of a pinfall after he got misted because you know that shouldn't stop you from getting your shoulders <laughs> off of that that's always kind of a weird trope like ah, i can't see and then, ah, i'm not even gonna bother kicking out there's no yeah. point. <laughs> ah, that's, i'm blown you know so but uh no and uh yeah and then kind of I, I did appreciate that and uh you know just another very good kushida match so there's a big thumbs up there yeah, I really liked it as well. And I thought what was cool is that it didn't get it didn't feel like it overstayed its welcome either. There was, you know, a little over 16 minutes. I think it was a perfect length for it. Um, and and what I liked too is there was a fair amount of flying in this, but I think what was really awesome is that it was a lot of counters, counters to counters, like that sort of stuff. There was there was obviously a familiarity with these two that played into the story a little bit where you know Bushi would try something, Kushido would have a counter for it. Kushido would try something, Bushi would have a counter for it. And I like that aspect of it. I like the idea that it wasn't just a complete, you know, sort of Bushi flips around and Kushido does a bunch of stuff like that. I think it was cool that it was kind of worked on the ground a little bit and and they played into that too because kushida whenever kushida does do the very grounded uh targeted matches he usually gets some boost from the crowd and i thought that was a good way to play it up as well because even when he was entering it was obvious that the crowd was going to be kind of half bushi half kushida so it was cool to see him play into that a little bit and just say hey look i'm just i'm not gonna be this happy-go-lucky baby face kushida i'm gonna be the ass kicker you know, badass Kushida that tries to beat you and, and and make you tap out and work over your arm or whatnot. So I think it was cool that they played in that dynamic. And and yeah, it was kind of interesting to see Bushi get almost 50-50 reaction there. And then towards the end, it feel like the, felt like a lot of the crowd uh, got a little bit more behind Bushi and was kind of rooting for the underdog, similar to what you said. But uh, I don't have any real big issue. I think either one of these guys would have been fine with me. Uh, Kushida makes the most sense probably. Uh, but yeah, Bushi would have been fun just to kind of change things up a little bit. So, so I, I'm with you on that. But uh, I don't know if I have any super strong thoughts on like Kushida winning. I think it's it, it's fine, and we'll see. You know where he does in the next uh, round of the tournament. But Bushi would have been a fun sort of uh, change of pace. So, but yeah, mm. like I said, either one's fine with me. There's only four guys in this tournament. Every four of them, all four of them are like fine. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't care if either one of them uh, 
who eventually does win. So I uh, move on to uh, the aforementioned LIJ Suzuki gun uh, tag match. Uh, it was Naito Sonata and Evil defeating Minoru Suzuki, Zack Sabre Jr. And Takamichi Noku, I was kind of done with this match. and didn't. I just did nothing for me, man. I just could not wait for it to be over. I don't know if it was just annoyance that Naito and Suzuki at each other's throats again. <laughs> it's like, you just finished it. You just had a match. Like, yeah. I know you're playing out the strings of the tour or whatnot, but I, I had not this match. I just wanted it to be over. And thankfully, it only went about 10 minutes, so it was over kind of quick. Did you have any strong thoughts about this one whatsoever? Nope. Failure I've seen it 100 times this year. So yeah. We can I had, yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's exactly what I, I think I did in the subscriber side. I was like, I don't, I don't know. So... Uh, all right, so we'll move on to a match that I thought was pretty fun uh, for uh, gimmick and angle-wise. We would see, of course, what would happen later in the show, and that's kind of played into this. Uh, it was the Chaos team of Jay White, Yoshihashi, and Will Ospreay uh, defeating Juice Robinson, David Finley, and Toa Hanare. Uh, a lot of this was centered around Jay White, Yoshihashi, and kind of feuding Jay White's... Um, kind of bossing Yoshihashi around, Yoshihashi being Yoshihashi, uh, Will Ospreay kind of just being there along for the ride and kind of not sure what was going on. More like the guy who just wanted his two friends to stop fighting but knew they weren't going to stop fighting, so just kind of threw his hands up and said whatever. Uh, believe it or not, Joe, at one point in this match, Yoshihashi held up, I believe he held up uh, Toa Hanare uh, for the old uh, heel bounce off the ropes, and he's going to you know elbow the guy that's being held up by his teammates and, and joe you'll be shocked to know the guy that was about to be elbow ducked and the teammates hit each other i was stunned by this revelation there that the holding the guy up did not work yet again in pro wrestling but one day i was kind of stunned they still won the match afterwards <laughs> right. the, the best is yeah rolls him up jimmy kicks out and then just hits the switchblade like ah fuck, like, get out of here <laughs> like god damn it <laughs> yeah i i really i really i really like the hanari um Juice and uh, Finley team just felt like, you know, kind of you'd see like you know Brian Pillman and Tom Zank teaming up like some young. <laughs> I, I know this is kind of an odd comparison, but you know the, the, the young baby faces teaming up and they have a lot of energy and all that. I just thought that was really. I hope I hope that's something they stick with and even maybe go after the uh, six man titles. Yeah, it was a fun team, and, and Hanari is still kind of coming into his own a little bit. Juice is obviously, you know, really connecting with the crowds, and, and David Finley's David Finley, so that's good. But no, this yeah. is a good role for him, of course, is to be you know the the third man in a in a in a, in a trio. So um, yeah, no, I was fine with that, and uh, yeah, this was uh, kind of fun. Like I said, it was mostly an angle uh, based match with White and, and Yoshihashi, you know, kind of uh, bickering and, and and whatnot. But I thought it was it was well worked, and Hanari when he was in there did some pretty good stuff. So it was kind of cool to see him get some featured spots. I even though he of course took the pinfall, but yeah, pretty fun. Uh, match there. We'll move on here. Best friends defeating the Killer Elite squad. It was, of course, Brett and Chucky e. T uh, versus Lance Archer and Davey Boy Smith. Uh, thoughts? Uh, were you kind of surprised to see the best friends pick up the win here? A little. It wasn't terribly definitive. It was kind of a banana peel. And, you know, I don't really like, you know, Brett took this big move and then he's also able to roll up uh, the, you know, fairly sizable. Um, Oh my God, I'm blinking on his name. I think it was Archer. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, it was Archer. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> they, did, they did the killer bomb. People did, yeah. So they do the killer bomb on Beretta, and then Beretta just like rolls through the pin. Yeah, I thought I that was... I mean, pin, which is like, what? <laughs> yeah, I'm glad they won, and I'm glad they got a, a little bit of momentum. I know they won and won in tag matches with Tag League looming. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Don't I'm going to watch Tag League. Do you want oh, to I, watch, I watched all Tag League last year. So Why uh, do you do that? Why? Nobody has to do well, that. Well, it was, it was just kind of a... You know, I had thanksgiving week off from work and it started uh -huh. that uh, saturday so i'm like oh every day i can watch a couple tag matches and then you know i was just like why don't i have some fun and then i kept rolling on so i guess i know this year the last year's tag league was was fine you know some years have been absolutely 
dreadful. Last year's was fine, but uh, <laughs> it wasn't dreadful. I'll say that. I wouldn't fine no, might was... be a, a bit of a reach, but <laughs> somewhere between dreadful and fine. So whatever word yeah, uh, you sure. want to describe there. Yeah, I was. I'm actually joking about the reviewing because we have lost so many reviewers to World Tag League. There's always every single year. There's some like young upstart writer that's like, I want to do the World Tag League, and I'm like, No, you don't, and you don't. And they're like, No, I want to. And I'm like, All right, fine. And then they just immediately quit. <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah, that was fun. And then like weeks later, they're just done. They just leave, yeah. never hear from them again. They go into the hole and just say, I never want to think about New Japan for wrestling ever again. So, um, I think I'm just gonna like outwardly avoid us covering Tag League this year because we just lose. Well, Way too many writers from World Tag League. It's worse than Raw. It's killed more writers than Raw has, which is is, is saying something for sure. Mm. Uh, then we moved on. Eight-man tag. Uh, a lot of old guys. Tenkozi and Minamu Nakanishi and Yuji Nagata versus the Taguchi Japan, Togi Makabe, Hanma, Taguchi, and Yoshida. So one not old guy uh, and Yoshida and then a lot of other old guys and then Taguchi and this match was fine. I don't know. I Who cares? It was it was ten minutes, and it was exactly what you think it was by me listing all those names. Joe, did you have any super strong thoughts about this uh, eight man tag? How's Hanma looking to you? Because I think I think he looks okay, but some people think he's on like death. (laughs) He's still on death's door out there. Yeah, I I mean he's fine. He just looks like a guy that I mean shit. What's he like? Forty? He's older. He's way older than anybody expects him to be. Um, Yeah, I don't know. He's fine. He's just like wrestles like a you know guy in his late forties, right? Like I I don't know like. He, he, I think people forget he wasn't like I, I, I was liked. I loved Hama matches, of course, they were awesome, but it was more about the crowd reaction to them than necessarily like the work in between the ropes. Like, he, he had some good stuff, he had some good highlights or whatnot, but he was never like this amazing super worker. And hell, he's getting himself back into shape a little bit. I, I don't know, I don't see the, 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 yeah, because I've seen the same stuff where it's like, oh my god, he looks horrible. I'm like, I don't know, he looks kind of yeah. normal to me. Like, it's just an eight man tag, and he's just out there to hit some kokeshis. Like, I don't, I, don't I mean, know. he always misses the headbutt. I don't know <laughs> if that's what they're getting at. <laughs> like, oh, this guy's terrible. He's so oh, he can't hit his headbutt. Um, yeah, he's still ridiculously tan, so I don't know. <laughs> he's still cut and very, very tan. So yeah, he's got that going for him. So, still got a good smile, too. That's always a nice bright teeth. I don't know, are his teeth brighter? Is his skin just so dark? Like, maybe his teeth are like <laughs> actually kind of brown, but like his skin is so, like, my god, like that, the tan on that man, and and like. A lot of the, he's got to be like far and away the most tan, yeah, Japanese wrestler I've ever seen in my life. Like, can you even think of anybody else that's even on the same level as him? Well, he's like a point nine EC three in terms of tans go. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. His looks a little bit EC three is just super like fake looking. I get Hama <laughs> looks like he spends every day in a tanning booth. Mm. EC three looks like he spends like hours getting a spray tan. Where it would probably just be easier if he just went into the booth. But you're right. You're right. He's <laughs> he's he's certainly. Uh, he, he his only equal in the wrestling world right now might be EC3. Who uh, mm-hmm. EC3 gets the under the armpits too, which is a nice, uh, nice touch. <laughs> I, you, know, you know what? I haven't paid that much attention, Rich. So good on you for that attention to detail. <laughs> you know, because there was a while in, in TNA where he didn't do that. It looked kind of ridiculous, but he's now gotten it all together. So <laughs> I can't even with the fine folks, Mark Carano probably yelled at him about it, or uh, with the Canyon Seaman or Seaman Canyon or the name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure his first name is not Seaman. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. Not the Canyon's a lot better. Stephen Canyon's a better name, and also uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. I would actually. There's probably. Let me see real quick. I'm gonna do a Google search here. Seaman Canyon. Oh boy, I don't know if you want that in your search. This engine. is the flagship, Joe. Uh, the first one that comes up is Canyon Seaman. So uh, oh. there you go. So it he's immediately got that, he's got that locked down. Oh, he's got like the first page. So you can't even. If you look up Seaman Canyon, that just immediately goes to him. So that's uh, that's quite impressive here. Yeah. Let's put some quotes around there. Uh, this is just trying to sell me an iPhone, and I'm not going to click that link. <laughs> huh. 
Oh, this is another wrestling link. Oh my god! Even when you put links around it, so Canyon Seaman, uh, really, uh, really locking down the scene. So I, nobody's made a porn called Seaman Canyon. So there you go. If you're uh, listening at home and you want to try to, uh, you might be able to steal some SEO too from people searching uh, Canyon Seaman. So you can uh, try that. Uh, all right, let's move on to uh, yes, let's. Jushin <laughs> Thunder Liger and Tiger Mask uh, defeating Yoshinobu Kanemaru and El Desperado. Real fun finish to this. If people didn't see it, Kanemaru was going for a uh, move off the top. Tiger Mask just kicked him in the fucking chest and pinned his ass. And that was it, man. Six minutes, 50 seconds. These guys went balls to the wall for these seven minutes. No bullshit. No Suzuki gun interference. Just like these dudes out there working their asses off. I was shocked at how good this match was. Yeah, this was a ton of fun and um, kind of a nice, kind of a nice little upset victory. To add a little a little spice here, and you know, the junior tag league looming, which is a, a tag format, not a tournament this year. Am I correct in that? Uh, I believe that is correct. Let me let me clarify uh, the junior tag tournament, but I, I think you're 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 right with uh, or the junior tag league, I should say. Yeah, I think I think you're correct. But let me uh, let me clarify if they've actually officially announced that. Yeah, and um, yeah, it was just kind of a quick all action kind of fun sprint of a match. Everyone looked good, and um, yeah, they've really. I mean, you know. Desperado and Kanemaru, I, th- I think they said they've held it, the belts like 200 days, which I think is the longest reign in like five years. So they kind of low-key, because those belts used to ping-pong all over the place. No one could get past their first defense, so it's yeah. kind of nice to see that. So we'll see what happens with the uh, the Junior Tag League approaching. Yeah, and you're, you're correct. Just, just to clarify for people listening, it is going to be a block-style tournament. It looks like an eight-team uh, round-robin uh, between those. So that, that's, that's, that has me much more interested in it as well. I did never really like the tournament structure all that much because, you know, you're, you're not getting I, – I you know, once you get the G1, once you kind of get a taste of that, you love the round-robin. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on that being a, a tournament. So that will be pretty fun. And, yeah, there's they have a lot of good teams now, junior teams. So that will be fun to see uh, how it goes. We saw some uh, – we'll, we'll talk about Fighting Spirit Unleashed, some guys – uh, they're on that show that may be uh, crossing over and, and doing the junior tag league. But uh, yeah, it looks uh, looks like a lot of fun here. Uh, and then f- uh, two more matches here. Rapungi 3K defeating Umino and Narita. Uh, basically, your your quote-unquote veterans, uh, your main roster guys versus two young Lions. I thought Umino and, and Narita had a pretty fair amount of offense, probably more than I expected. Uh, but when Rapungi needed to put them away, they just kind of put them away. But uh, were you shocked at all that the, the Lions seemed to get a pretty fair amount of offense on, on 3K? Not really, because 3K is not all that far removed from any young lines themselves. Sure. So uh, it, it kind of makes sense. And they gave him a lot. I kind of appreciate these matches. I remember a um, a Corkin match. It was Red Dragon versus two young lines. It may have been uh, Show and Yo, actually. That was actually a lot of fun. In, in oh, this yeah. I, I think it is. I would think it was Show and Yo. I do remember that. I, yeah. I, I so. thought it was Show and Yo. And yeah, they got they like took him to the absolute limit. And it was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind of reminded me of this, too. It's always, you know, these matches are always kind of fun just by the setup. And then uh, attempting to break a stalemate, 0, 0, and 14. Suji and Iwamura, they did not. They are 0, 0, and 15 now. Uh, any thoughts on the uh, Suji, Iwamura, <laughs> Young Lions, Boston Crab Fest that we had? Pretty fun. I mean, I enjoyed it, but yeah, it was it was exactly what it was going to be. Yeah, no. I, Kevin Kelly said, uh, well, they've had a bunch of draws in the past, so this will probably be another one. And I thought, ah, can't fool me, Kevin Kelly. <laughs> Someone's going to win. But then another no, it was a draw, so <laughs> yeah. he... Uh, he faked me out by telling the truth. So, uh, but no, I, I like this a lot, and I kind of wonder if we'll see the uh, Young Lions Cup return again with kind of the the shifting of the Young Lions with um, uh, the great Okarn being out there and all that oh, with God. some new faces Jesus coming in. Christ. I'll see that. Yeah, hopefully he does come back. He needs to be saved quickly. But uh, yeah, thoughts? Uh, any any uh, Suji Uemura? Anyone that's sort of emerging from you? Things that you like out of the two guys? I thought Uemura seems like he has a little bit more of the charisma going for him and seems a little bit more smooth in the ring. Suji has a good look and I think he will be better 
overall. Like I think he has a higher ceiling, but he's pretty rough right now. And you can tell he's kind of just trying to figure things out. Where, where, where do you sit with these two guys? Yeah, about the same. Although there's, you know, when was the last like bad young lion you saw? Exactly. Like, they'll both be great. You know, you know what I mean? Like they'll both be fine. So, like, there's no like Kona Reeves equivalent. In, uh, where how you're just, like, dare oh, you? How this guy is, oh, dare you? Well, you should listen to the uh, Patreon special. You're, uh, I know he is not a Kona Reeves. Lanza has uh, just an epic burial of Kona Reeves. He does. Really hit bricks. He does yeah. kind of stink. Yeah, yeah. there are guys that just like, you know, like uh, these guys don't have a future. I and mean, you don't really think that with any young lion. You think like, oh, these guys are good and, you know, may not be main eventing the dome but you know they'll probably have a solid future with the company was it you that tweeted and i think this was you and i i, I still remember this every time i see conan reeves that i can never ever think of him that you th- said that he was pete davidson trying to do like harumu takahashi <laughs> that's right, thing in like, a, like two, two hours at like the point where nobody watches snl anymore like everyone's falling asleep or whatever that's, that's like right 11 35 or for you guys like past midnight like 12 35 like dumb yeah. skit that like just got dropped to the floor and eventually someone's like, yeah, whatever, dude. Yeah. Pete B Haroma, whatever. I don't care. And like, you go to Reeves yeah. looks like, yeah. Pete Davidson's like That's third rate, second, two and a half hour into SNL, like horrible, like Haroma Takahashi <laughs> sketch. It's like, what are you trying to do? It's so bad. But that, that was you, correct? Yes. Okay. So thank that you. was me. Yes. That, that, I could never unsee I, that. Yeah. <laughs> I can never unsee yeah. that when I see Conor Reeves. So it's, it's absolutely I killed Conor Reeves. my SoundCloud today. album. <laughs> yeah, I should have plugged my SoundCloud album. It's a mix of acid jazz and Germanoid, so it's coming. It soon. really, it's really blew uh, up. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, no, that's about it for the Young Lions. There, <laughs> but uh, no, this was this was a good breezy show. This is after the last couple destruction shows. Where oh, I mean, could be a, a bit of a challenge. This was a nice. This was a nice Sunday watch. God, how much better was this than like all those other destruction shows? I mean, this blew yeah, like, those other ones away, like completely blew us out of the water. Mm-hmm. Hot crowd too, from beginning to end. Like that Kobe crowd was interested in, in in everything that was happening. So that that always will bring a show up a little bit more too. But yeah, I, th- I really liked uh, Destruction of Kobe, one of the uh, yeah. better shows they've had this entire year. I think just in terms of top to bottom, like there was really when I talk about like matches that I did not enjoy, there was the eight man, the Tenkozi and 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 Taguchi and Yoshido and all that sort of stuff, and then the Lij Suzuki gun. Everything else I loved. I mean, everything else I really liked and it all had even like six minute you know junior tag match I, I really enjoyed so yeah and like you said that even the young lions were punky 3k uh really stood out too so yeah just a really good top to bottom show uh from new yeah. japan yeah everything was really quick it's a real breezy watch so uh if you haven't checked it out check it out yeah absolutely and now we'll move on to another uh, new japan show uh coming up this sunday believe it or not you might not have known join the club Fighting Spirit Unleashed. New Japan is invading America this Sunday. Remember when that used to be a special thing? And now it's just like, ah, god damn it. Like Long Beach again. Like, ah, this New Japan Fighting Spirit Unleashed Sunday. It's going to air live on New Japan World and on tape delay uh, for Access TV. I don't know how Access TV wasn't able to get the... I guess there might be some, like... I, I was trying to make some dumb rock <laughs> joke. I, I didn't forget I the they're... fucking dumb rockers they bring out there on like the the commercial breaks. Like Eddie, like it's not even Eddie Vedder. It's like lower than nope, Eddie. Uh, yeah, Peter Frampton's talk show <laughs> season <laughs> premiere. It's like who's oh, the asshole with the beard that they always show? There's a guy who's got like, he looks like a Guy Fieri like ripoff. <laughs> who is that guy? Uh, I, don't <laughs> I don't know who I'm talking about. The Let's only try. that's the only access I see is commercials during New Japan. <laughs> yeah, me too. So it's what I'm. T- who is this guy? Hold on one sec. I gotta mm. look at the schedule. They're, they only have like four shows, so it's like that's true. Yeah. It's not really. Maybe nothing but trailers. The one where they just show uh, trailers. Yeah. That one. That one's on. Ah, oh, Rock Legends. Okay, that Rock Legends is the name of the show. But who the hell hosts Rock Legends? The guy looks like oh, I could be wrong. Maybe it doesn't look like uh, they have Dan. They we got Dan rather there too. Sammy Hagar. I don't know why I thought he looked Ooh. like <laughs> Sammy Hagar. Does not look like. 
Guy Fieri. Well, eh, well, yeah, can. he looks uh, like Guy Fieri's like drunk uncle. So that kind of. <laughs> How sad is that thought? Yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah, but he looks really haggard. But uh, well, yeah. So here, here's the lineup uh, that can't be preempted for this show. Uh, the big interview with Dan Rather, uh, <laughs> na- like reruns of Nashville. I assume that's not first run Nashville. Uh, something called Real Money. I don't know who is in Real Money, but Eddie Money maybe that's a show. Eddie Money is in Real Money. There you go. There, there. So you 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 know you know a little bit more about uh, the old actor. I just remember seeing him. I'm like, oh, is this is this a real thing? <laughs> oh, I guess uh, it is. Okay, we're going with Rock this. and Roll Road Trip with Sammy Hager, uh, the Ronnie mm-hmm. Wood Show, uh, old <laughs> episodes of the X Factor UK, and then the Trunk Fest with Eddie Trunk. <laughs> is that Ed Trunk from the? Uh, Oh, that was that truck from the office. I don't know who. No, Ed he's Trump a is. he's like a radio host. About he does a lot of metal. He's like that metal show or something like that on VH. Ah, so bounce oh, a modicum of respect for Eddie yeah. Trunk. So what the hell is okay? I got to see what's airing on Sunday that just could not be preempted. How do they not get the show? Like, is that kind of one of the things that that should be on there? Mm, maybe they hear JR's commentary. And don't That's want true. You know live. what? You're not wrong. Uh, what well, is the pre- oh, okay? So it is the premiere of the X Factor UK Six Chair Challenge One. So, I get it. I get it. Followed by the fray, uh, the fray packs uh, an emotional. So the fray, the band, the fray. Remember them from uh, One Tree Hill days? Uh, yeah, they're they're back. Uh, the fray packs a punch with an emotional filled performance featuring songs from How to Save a Life, of course. <laughs> Are they going to play that one? Huh? Yeah, believe it or not, they're going to play How to Save a Life. Uh, singer Isaac Slade leads an expressive set, always connecting with the audience as he belts out hits, including. Never say never. How to save a life again? They're playing How to Save a Life in case you didn't know. Uh, you found me in Cable Car. So that's uh. and then that's followed by Rock Legends Billy Joel. So that uh, that is what's going on Sunday on Access TV, and uh, that's why they are not airing Fighting Spirit, Fighting Spirit Unleashed. But that's fine. You have New Japan World, so you can watch Fighting Spirit Unleashed. So let's talk about this card. Uh, overall thoughts before we kind of go match by match. What's your buzz level of Fighting Spirit Unleashed? How excited are you? Are you watching it live? What's kind of your traction on, on Funny Spirit Unleashed? Um, I would not fly across the country for this show, but if it was nearby and not, you know, like in California yet again, I would go. I would go see the show. I think there's some there's some good stuff on here. It's not, you know, it's probably not going to push a ton of tickets at this point, but uh, I think it will be an enjoyable card. I'll actually be at a wrestling show <laughs> during this show, so uh, I will not be watching live, but we'll be watching at a later date. Where where do you you know what what are, what are your thoughts basically on because it looks like tickets are not going great like we'll we'll see when the day comes we'll see if there's walk ups and stuff like that what do you make of that is that too many New Japan shows is it not a good enough card is it too many shows in one location like what what do you think is probably the biggest factor of of you know the buzz being low and and the ticket sales being you know not great from what we can tell from right now I would say too many too many cards in the area just just oversaturation at this point and the fact that they didn't get a card until like when like monday like right after um the destruction show like we didn't know hardly anything we knew a couple matches but not didn't have really a main event laid out until very very late do you think the same card like let's say we don't know the card like let's say we, we exactly what we were before monday before we got the rest of the card it's juice and cody and 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 a few of these matches that we kind of know about but not that much do you think if this is like you said somewhere on the east coast somewhere in new york or or, or new jersey or or somewhere different than it's been somewhere that it has not been with this long beach and not on the west coast do you think it maybe does better ticket wise because it's still the novelty of new japan coming to the area or do you really think that the saturation of all in of 
having two other shows of the CEO show of, of basically any ring of honor show. You're going to see new Japan guys. Do you think that plays a bigger part? Or do you think the location plays a part? Cause I, I think they, I, I don't want to attribute it all to the location, but I think it definitely hurts that it's just like in long beach again. It's just like, ah, oh, forget it. Like it just kind of feels like another stop on their tour of occasionally jumping into long beach is, is kind of how I feel of it. Where, where, where do you stand on that? Yeah, I think if it ran in like the New Yorkish area, I don't think you would get fly-ins at this point. I think All In was everyone's kind of destination for for this portion of the year. But I think it would do better. I think it would have a bit more buzz just because it, it, you know, it's it's a new area, and you know, different fans would kind of get to see it instead of you know just being in California again. It's just kind of like uh, kind of the same old, same old feeling. Yeah, I get, I get the same thing too, and 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 I don't know if you saw the quotes from uh, Okada and Tanahashi, but they had interviews uh, on the New Japan website, and we're pretty frank about these shows about how they don't think that these are authentic, you know, New Japan here. They feel like these are very Americanized New Japan, and and that they don't think that that's a good idea. And and you know, I don't know the exact quotes in front of me, but I'm kind of paraphrasing here. But they all kind of say, I mean, Okada says that you know I'd like to face Tanahashi or Omega in America, and and Tanahashi ba- basically saying you know these don't feel authentic. Do you kind of agree with him on that? Because that's kind of what I've always thought with this Fighting Spirit Unleashed show when, when they initially released it and, and all stuff and, and that's how I've always thought of these shows like to me the best idea would make these shows feel authentic make them feel like real New Japan shows and I think they do a good job in the aesthetics of making it feel like a New Japan show but little by little we've seen the booking feel very much not you know very very much like this is a card that's made for American audiences versus this is another show that we're presenting and just on our schedule that happens to be in America do, do you kind of did you, a, I, I guess I'll start first did you see their quotes and and, and what do you think about uh, what, what they had to say yeah no I'm I agree. Like I would kind of, I would kind of want a full New Japan experience. I'd want to see like a Young Lions match at the bottom. I want to see guys like like Hanma and Makabe who don't really, who don't make the trips over here for whatever reason. I kind of want that that full thing. You know, we have the addiction on here. We have Jeff Cobb and Chris Sabin, and you know they've done some work for New Japan, but not a lot. Yeah, you know, that's just kind of makes it feel like an American indie card and not not new actual New Japan. Yeah, and in some ways, to me, what always the, some of the issues with these, and they, they were pretty good about the first few shows that they did, and you know, but Strong Style Evolved was, I think, the first one where it just didn't. It, it kind of felt like a New Japan ROH show. This like this honestly doesn't feel all that much different than like some show that you get WrestleMania weekend for, for Ring of Honor New Japan. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a very similar card at msg you know this this coming you know April, and and that kind of hurts me a little bit, like you said, because it feels very. R-O-H-E. It feels a very American indie, and it, and it feels like even the matches that they were promoting were, you know, cons- you know, sort of packaged for, hey, American fan, Juice Robinson versus Cody. Hey, you know those guys, Will Ospreay versus Marty Skrull. Oh, the Young Bucks versus the Grill of Destiny. And it's like, no, give us, like, I don't care. I Like you said, I don't care if there's a Young Lions match. I don't care if it's Taguchi and 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 and, and somebody. I don't care if Makabe. I want, I want that. I want that exact experience. I want to feel like I'm just going to a New Japan proper show that happens to be in America. And, and this card in particular just doesn't feel that way especially the featured matches i mean we're going to talk about the final or the top four matches and and other than one which i guess you know does feel kind of jap you know kind of like new japan proper but still in some ways doesn't but a lot of it doesn't especially with juice and cody on top and and osprey and scroll and 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 bucks and gorillas those being the matches that they did announce and did promote ahead of time those being the ones just felt very flat to me it was just like no that's that's not 
what people want. And and I I think this, they're 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 sort of showing it with their dollars too, with their tickets. If it wasn't authentically New Japan show, if it was an Okada Tanahashi or an Okada versus Omega or something like that, some big time match that felt unique and felt special, I've no doubt that the tickets would fly. But people treated this the way they wanted it to be treated. Like no, that I this is not that much that not that interesting to me. I could see the same card, you know, on a monthly basis in Ring of Honor for the most part. But uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. Uh, overall, what's kind of your thoughts on the card? Because I think when it came out, people then got a little more positive about it because there are some pretty fun matches up and down. But overall, where do you kind of stand on the card? Maybe on a, on a, on a zero to five scale of, uh, you know, excitement level. Uh, I'd be at about eh, maybe a three and a half. So maybe like a seven out of 10. Cause I think there is good, good wrestling here. I don't think that's going to be anything terribly earth shattering, you know, uh, you know, maybe, maybe one title change. It doesn't seem like a, a vital big new Japan card, like the biggest ones do. It really doesn't. And I think looking at the amount of tag matches in, in there too, it does kind of hurt. So let's let's kind of go over the card here real quick. Uh we don't have to give like extensive previews because it's not like, you know, yeah, it's kind of non-canon, you know, it is, but it's kind of feels like it doesn't matter. Like you said, it, it really, really doesn't feel like it matters at all. It's just a show that they're doing in America uh this Sunday. But you got Taguchi Japan, just Thunder Liger, Taguchi and ACH versus Rapongi 3K, Rocky Romero, Show and Yo. Uh ACH coming back. He uh last I think he was there with what last junior tag league, or he was he wasn't in best of the super juniors this year. Was he? I don't remember now if he was or not. Uh, who's ACH? Uh, yeah, middle. I don't know. So, was he? It's been about a year, I think, for I him. Yeah. I'm blanking on if uh, the best of super just might have been like a, like fucking seven years ago at this point. I don't remember at at all. I think he, I think um, he was. Well. Uh... Have the producer confirmed? He was that. absolutely, he was absolutely in best of the super juniors. They went yeah. three and four. Sorry, so this is a return after the best of super juniors, but uh, cool to see him back. And I imagine he is going to come and do the junior tag league as well. But uh, yeah, you got Taguchi Japan, Rapongi 3K. You have the addiction, Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian versus the Bullet Club elites, Hangman Page and Chase Owens. Which again, that's one of the first ones. Like, I like Christopher Daniels, I like Kazarian, but I don't, yeah, you know, I don't. Yeah. I don't want to see them on a New Japan show. Like I know no. they've done New Japan before. I know they have, but it just just seeing them makes it feel like a Ring of Honor show, and that yeah. to me is not good. And the next match does not help either because you got Jeff Cobb, Chris Saban, and Flip Gordon uh, versus Roki Goto, Beretta, and Chucky T. I mean, again, Beretta, Chucky T, Cobb, Saban, Gordon. Like that's Ring of Honor, you know. <laughs> and and yep. there's Roki Goto too, who has nothing to do. Roki Goto just absolutely nothing to do. So hey. Go with Brett and Shaka T. Maybe they'll give him a hug because Goto, I think, needs a hug. So hopefully he'll get a hug too in this match and then we'll hopefully uh, make him feel better. Joe, you're in luck. LIJ, Suzuki Gun, Naito, Sonata, and Evil versus Jack Saber Jr., Lance Archer, and Davey Boy Smith Jr. I know you're just frothing at the mouth to talk about LIJ, Suzuki Gun. So the floor is yours, sir. You know, I'm saying I want an authentic New Japan experience. And then this is the <laughs> you don't. What yeah. they give me? And maybe I'll you know, maybe I think I'll walk that back a little bit. Yeah, yeah, just another. Where's Bully Ray when you need him? Yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Get, nobody listen to me, Harold. Don't listen. No. <laughs> NewJapanMecca.com says no Bully Ray, please. But uh, he's probably gonna throw a foot cord into a fucking table or something like that. Who the hell knows? Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kushida versus uh, Jay White and Gato. So it's the first matchup of Jay White and Gato coming together. Big reason why they would probably not announce the card ahead of time. But uh, Jay White and Gato, Tanahashi, uh, Kushida. What do you make of of that match? Are you kind of disappointed there's not an Okada Jay White Gato matchup, or do you think it's better to kind of hold that off for for a bigger moment? Yeah, I guess hold it off. Even though we're kind of <laughs> complaining, this card doesn't have anything terribly vital to it, but. It does feel like that needs a little more time. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to throw the towel in, you might as well just fucking throw the towel in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, don't give us, like, one good, you know, or one decent thing, and then the rest suck. Just, you know, just have it be nothing. So it'll be fun to see the the, the combination of Jay White and Gato, and then, of course, maybe we'll have uh, a little bit more of an idea of what's going to happen next with this chaos, instability, and all that sort of stuff. So 
I'll see how that goes. Uh, junior heavyweight championship tournament semifinal. Will Ospreay versus Marty Scroll. Uh, Joe, I'll ask you, uh, who is your prediction coming out of here? And so the, the winner of this will, of course, face Kushida at King of Pro Wrestling for the vacant uh, junior heavyweight championship. Do you have Osprey or do you have Scroll winning and moving on? It could go either way, but I have Osprey in this because I think you want that big. You know, Osprey and Kushida have had tremendous matches together. I think if you have a chance to have make that matchup, you make it. And, you know, while Scroll would, you know, Scroll Kushida would probably be pretty good. I think you would want to go for the superior match in this regard. Yeah, I think Osprey and, and, and Kushida is probably the best uh, bet there. Um, I, I, I want that match a little bit more. I think that's going to deliver on a big level. And that could, you know, we don't know the King of Pro Wrestling card, but that that could feasibly be a semi-main event and, and, and work pretty well. I, not to say Scroll couldn't, but I think that Osprey Kushida carries a little bit more weight. Uh, than a Marty could, so yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm definitely uh, uh, in agreement there. Uh, tag championship match here: the Young Bucks, the champions, defending against the Gorillas of Destiny. Third from the top here: Bucks, Gorillas of Destiny. Yeah, <laughs> like, mm. yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> moving good, on. Good for good preview there. We got a, a preview, written preview at uh, VoiceWrestling.com, by the way, which I think they use more words to describe this match, but I'm not certain. It might be a very similar amount of words uh iwgp united states heavyweight championship match you have juice robinson the champion defending against cody so cody uh does he pick up another title here or does juice retain the u.s heavyweight championship what are your thoughts i it's it's tough because juice had that kind of you know fairly disappointing g1 not in terms of matches but in terms of uh of winning and uh you know to lose the belt this quickly it would seem kind of a waste and with cody being the nwa champion and all that i don't know if they want him tied up or i don't know if the nwa wants him losing in this main profile but i'll say juice holds on to it for now yes this is a really weird one because of like you said the the idea that you know uh nwa is going to be there and they're going to be filming and the 10 pounds of gold i'm sure will be there and he's carrying out that title and does it kind of not i mean (sighs) The optics are going to be a little bit weird if this guy is like the NWA World Heavyweight Champion and it's all this big deal, and then he just you know loses a match for the United States Championship. So I imagine there's some shenanigans in here that probably leads to Juice retaining. Like I, I don't know if it's you know the Girls of Destiny coming out and beating up Cody or, or, or something like that. I hate that I just booked that, and that's probably what's going to happen. But <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like cause the you can't just have like I a I don't want Cody. I don't think Cody needs to win this title because then it's just like another title that he has. So it kind of demeans the United States Champion. Uh, in the championship, but then also he can't just lose to Juice because then it kind of means the world's heavyweight championship. And there's and that's what I mentioned when when Cody won that at all in. I was like, well, now this is weird because like Cody gets in these big spots. Cody is in these situations where you know sometimes it's probably better if he does lose and he doesn't need to win this title and then move on. But like he kind of has to protect that title and he's got to protect himself. So I don't know. I have no idea what the result of this is going to be. I can't imagine Cody wins because it seems kind of like he doesn't need that title at all and juice can really benefit by having that title but the optics of you know the I, it, it someone's gonna interfere right god damn it why uh, don't I, I would i would pencil that in yeah. <sighs> god damn it all right well <laughs> then we got a tag match i'm really excited for this match this match should fucking rule uh chaos uh team of okada and tomorrow ishii versus the golden lovers kenny omega and kota bushi provided they get enough time this match should be pretty fucking great so yeah this does feel like something you'd see headline a cork and or something like that. So that I mean, you know, this is a good main event that could be excellent. You know, if, if everything falls right, and who knows, maybe maybe she will turn on uh, Okada. So. I don't. Oh, you, you keep saying it, and it makes me sad. But you know, it'd be pretty cool. I like. I honestly, Ishi turning heel 
even though he's such a great face and people rally behind him so much, it'd be really fun to see him sort of turn and, and, and just see, just kind of see a new story out of Ishii, maybe a new aggression and, and, and whatever. Yeah. Maybe he, maybe he's a new LIJ member. We see him with like, you know, eyeliner and, and painted nails. And stuff. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. Yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I mean, I think it's honestly a pretty good story. If you want to really tell this broken Okada story, if like Okada has nothing going for him, like even his best friends are turning on him, like his, stables and shambles he can't he's not going to the tokyo dome he's not the champion anymore like that would be i mean it would be yet another level but yeah i don't know given the match before it and i kind of assuming there's going to be some sort of fuck finish in that one it'd be kind of crappy to get a fuck finish in this one too but i guess if you really yeah. want to say you know hey we don't care about these american shows <laughs> at all anymore that might be a good way to do it is have you know young bucks girls of destiny a fuck finish with the girls of destiny and then some you know turn but no i mean that'll be a hot angle and the match itself should be awesome one way or another so yeah I, it'd be a pretty cool thing to see uh, uh how that goes but uh yeah pretty uh pretty interesting there and a uh, pretty fun main event but uh that's fighting spirit unleashed so um yeah we'll see how that goes it's uh jim ross and kevin kelly doing commentary correct so they've got yes. somebody to wrangle <laughs> ross in for at least mm. a little bit so that'll be uh I don't think Kevin Kelly is going to hop in the ring and try to beat up Jay White. <laughs> that so. we know of. That we know of. Yeah. We don't know. So. <laughs> Kevin, I'm trying to remember any sort of physical. He just got stunned once or twice, but I think that's about all he did. Well, Azuka just uh, <laughs> choked him out. Oh, that's so. true. Yeah, he looked like might a might be a little gun shy. That's true. Yeah, you should be careful with the uh, the old iron fist there. But uh, yeah, so that's Funny Spirit Unleashed. We have a preview up on the website right now. Voice <laughs> Wrestling. Iron Fingers, Rich. Come on. Yeah, iron Fingers. What did I say? I, iron Fist. That's trying to get sued. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Sorry. Oh god. Uh so it's funny spirit unleashed that Sunday. Uh we'll have, as I said, a preview up on voicewrestling.com and a review as well on the website, voicewrestling.com. But uh all right, let's while we're running through these shows here, let's go. We're on a we're on a roll here with these previews, and then we'll get to Ooh. some uh some of the discussions here. Death before dishonor, Joe. September 28th. We're recording this on a Thursday. This is gonna air Friday night from Las Vegas's Orleans Arena. It's Death Before Dishonor. What is your interest level, Joe? on death before dishonor uh i mean looking at the card it's like a six but i also have the knowledge that ring of honor pay-per-views are always pretty good mm-hmm. i mean i can't think of the last one that was like a bad watch they, i mean they all tend to be rushed at the end and and you know you look at this card on paper maybe it doesn't look that good but you know, it makes a bit more sense watching the the weekly television and things like that i know you know you look at chris saban and punishment martinez you're like where the hell did that come from but you know, Chris Saban won a match to win the contendership, and he had Alex Shelley cut a promo because he's not wrestling anymore, saying he wants Chris Saban to win this. And then, so there's, you know, there's a bit of a nice dynamic there. But uh, yeah, I think it'll be pretty good, and I think the main event should be uh, should should be excellent if the the chips fall. Yeah, it's yet another one of these like the thing with the Ring of Honor we talk about all the time, Joe and I, is they're just like boringly consistently fine. You know what I mean? Like the TV yeah. is fine. Like it makes sense. It's structured. Like. Chris Saban deserves a title shot, even if it's like the not the greatest matchup in the world. And you're kind of like, what the hell? And like Kenny King versus Liger is kind of thrown together. But again, they do a decent enough job of like actually developing these and building these stories. There's not that intriguing of stories, but they're like very, you know, they're, they're well booked. Like they make sense of why they're booked. They're just not, they're not going to like get you excited for them. They're, they're that weird sort of in between that, that Ring of Honor is kind of going through. Yeah. Like the, the, the Kenny King storyline is he's, you know, gradually turning heel so they put him against Liger to because everyone loves Liger and they'll hopefully get some kind of reaction out of Kenny King which isn't always the case 
Yeah, the lone one that they don't have any goddamn story whatsoever for is the uh, ROH World Championship match, which, you know, I and, and people get really upset about this, but honestly, this kind of harkens back to the old Ring of Honor days where sometimes guys would just get, t- you know what I mean? You're like, you just show up to the show and you're like, oh shit, David Richards gets a title shot. All right, cool, whatever. Like, who cares? You know, it, 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 yeah, obviously the rest of the company is pretty good at structuring titles and structuring matches and that sort of stuff, but Jay Lethal. You know, doesn't open challenge. Will Ospreay, who isn't even in Ring of Honor, says, "Yeah, I'll, I'll go for the open challenge." And it's kind of <laughs> it's it. like, like you know, like Jay Lethal. You know, he's out in the ring. He's like, "I issue an open challenge." And then immediately we see a video playing <laughs> from somewhere. I'm like, "Well, I don't think Will Ospreay's in the back because he wasn't on these shows. I don't think he's in Japan because it'd be like you know, eight in the morning <laughs> where he is." Uh, I don't know. Did he have a video pre-made and told the guy, "Hey, open yeah. challenge." Hey, if there's an open challenge, hey, I got this video. Yeah, hey, I don't know. Who's play. Gonna, I don't know I, if if so. Jay Lethal does an open challenge. I want you to play this video, or you know, well, maybe we don't give Will Ospreay enough credit for being a, a you know like a real like a hacker or so, I don't know what the fuck I'm even trying to say. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it was kind of weird <laughs> that you were. I don't like, know about he, that. Like tap into the satellite feed. Like how the fuck did? Yeah, it's it's you know. Well, I don't know where he was standing. Snappers, his... So. In his gear, so maybe he wears it <laughs> he all the time. I don't know. I would, I would probably, I would, I, yeah, I can see Will Ospreay just like walking around his gear, like you know, going to the yeah, gym I mean, it's working out in his gear. Yeah. I mean, they clearly said, like, oh, Will Ospreay's in town two days later, we'll snag him for our pay per view main event. I mean, I think it'll be great. They actually had a TV match earlier this year that was actually pretty good, so I have no doubt about that. I think it's kind of, you know, I don't know who else you would kind of put in this spot. Yeah, Ring of Honor has, you know, they have Jay Lethal, you know, Jay Briscoe's kind of in his tag team. I know Cody's kind of, you know, NWA champion. That's a little, might be problematic. And beyond that, you know, Dalton Castle, I think it's hurt. So I don't have any damn depth. I mean, we talked about it a lot. Yeah. They have like 15 guys on the roster and like three of them are main eventers. So it's, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. you do four pay-per-views a year. It is a little, I mean, alarming that you have to kind of pull outside like this. I mean, I think it's a good move. I think they're finally using Will Ospreay in a good way instead of having <laughs> yeah, two years after they had him. But, two openers yeah. against Matt Taven, yeah. So that's good, but I think it is, you know, it's a little distressing in that regard. Uh, yeah, so let's let's run down the card here. Um, this match I know you cannot wait for. Tables match, tag team tables match, Joe. I know you love tag team tables matches. Flip Gordon and Cole Cabana versus Bully Ray and Silas Young. Again, well built. It makes sense. I just never want to fucking see Bully Ray ever again. And Well, it... God, I don't even know about that because, I mean, well, I'm sure you don't want to see Bully Ray, but in terms of being, uh, well, Bill, because he and Silas had a tag match and Bully Ray walked out on him. And then, <laughs> well, like, like, Silas made the save for him and then they teamed up again. So I'm like, that doesn't seem quite in line with Silas being like, oh, well, you know, hanging out with uh, the bouncers isn't really doing it for me. So I'll hang yeah, out with Bully Ray. I guess, uh, yeah, Maybe I guess it's just because he's like so. a man and Flip Gordon's not a man. He's a sissy boy because he gels his hair or something. I don't know what that. Yeah, who fucking cares? He just please throw Bully Ray through a table and please just drag <laughs> him under the ring and just never let him come out again. Why? What have we done to deserve this Bully Ray ROH run? I, I'll never know. But uh, uh, the, uh, the aforementioned Jay Lethal defending the ROH World Championship against Will Ospreay should be a really awesome match. Uh, 100% more to lock that Jay Lethal wins this, uh, unless Ring of yeah. Honor has completely lost their mind, <laughs> and maybe we'll see, but no, Jay Lethal's definitely winning this. So just kind of a, a match that's like, hey, these guys are going to have a good match, you know, kind of an in-between title shot. I don't hate it that much. I know a lot of people dislike it a lot because, yeah, it's thrown together and it was kind of weird, but I like it, you know. It's fine. You know, I mean, you do champion. four pay-per-views a year. You think you'd have a little bit more of a point. You should. You absolutely should. But, uh, yeah, that's unfortunately where we're at with Ring of Honor. But, yeah, you're absolutely correct. I mean, who? if it's not Dalton Castle, like, because honestly, you look at Ring of Honor stars, like you said, it's Cody. It's the Bucks. 
yeah, Kenny King. Like, yeah, that's oh, it. Like, God, that's no. really, I mean, like, yeah, like Jay Briscoe. I mean, Mark Briscoe. But like, you got nobody else. You have if Castle's out. Like, the idea that Dalton Castle gets injured and you're like, well, we we just simply don't have anybody else to go for the title. Mm. Like, you just don't. I mean, you, you you don't. It's 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 pretty remarkable what they've. Uh, Talent mm. roster, but uh, there's a future honor going on right now, right? With uh, some hot and heavy young prospects, so maybe there's <laughs> a there's a top prospect tournament. But the gimmick is that they're all terrible, and Jeff Hart comes <laughs> out and beats them up. <laughs> so he just comes out and trashes them. Says I'm the real top prospect. Yeah, so, which uh, he's not wrong, but like they need like ten of them, so maybe don't beat them all up. But they're all fucking geeks. Well, so I was gonna, uh, after the last one produced, Josh the Goods Woods is the winner. Maybe they just like <laughs> the can the concept. <laughs> MMA the man, they got the kingpin out of that one too, didn't they? That's true. So I mean, they used to get like really great guys out of this. Like the winner, you'd have like you know Leo Rush and Donovan Dijak and Matt Taven and Adam Cole and people you've heard of. You know, you know these names. I mean, they all left Ring of Honor, but <laughs> they left it the first chance they got. But yeah, you know, there used to be people. that we uh, we went over this uh, a few. Uh, I think last year at this exact same time, the list of winners of the ROH Top Prospect Tournament. So here's here's where things kind of go on a little. So 2011, you have Mike Bennett. 2013, you have Matt Taven. 2014, Hanson. 2015, Donovan Dijak. 2016, Leo Rush. 2017, Josh Woods. Now, it's even worse when you look at the names that were in these tournaments. 2011, so this is the first top prospect tournament. Kyle O'Reilly, Jonathan Gresham, Michael Elgin, Bobby Dempsey. Eh, you know, <laughs> he had well, his moments. Huh. You know, Mike Bennett, Adam Cole, and then the greatest two that two emerged from here, Andy Rightleg Ridge and Grizzly Redwood. So, um, <laughs> Brimming with prospects, you laugh, but Andy Ridge and Grizzly Redwood were fucking awesome. So that's you know I'm not gonna see anything about that. But uh, 2013, multiple time uh, top prospects participant Tadarius Thomas, uh, Antonio Thomas, who hosts a uh, great show on the uh, <laughs> F4W. I've never listened to it. I don't know. It's probably terrible. But uh, do you ever listen to the uh, Left My Wall in El Segundo? By <laughs> that's him, right? That does that. Uh, that's Greg Polanco, and yes, uh, you are correct there. I mean. <laughs> like um, it's like hmm. Alan Cunahan left our network with his show covering all facets of wrestling. How do we replace this? It's like oh, I'll call my friend who talks about sports with wrestlers. That'll fill the gap. So. <laughs> that don't really work. Yeah. Uh, QT Marshall and Mike Seidel, Silas Young, Adam Page, Matt Taven, <laughs> and ACH. So, I mean, of those, yeah, Tadarius, Antonio, QT, Mike, yeah. But the bottom half, Silas, Adam Page, Taven, ACH. I mean, all guys that that eventually emerged and. And did some stuff. Uh, 2014, uh, Ray Rowe, Congo, Corey Hollis, Mike Posey. I don't know who I forget who Mike Posey was. Uh, He's Andrew a Ref. Oh, that's right, right, right. Andrew Evitt. Uh, the romantic touch, which is always kind of bullshit because he had been there for like <laughs> fucking a decade prior. But that, uh, not to unmask him, but that is Rhett Titus, by the way, people. So it kind of oh, sucks. Boy. I mean, he was like a world champion, or he was like a tag champion in 2006. And then, like, eight years later, he's in the top prospect. Like, what are we doing? Come That's on, true. get out of here. Now he's in the dogs. Yeah, well, Will Flora figured out. I had to see one of my, we were at an ROH show, uh, we, one of my buddies, and they turned to me and they're like, who the fuck are the dogs? And I was like, dude, I don't even, like, like how do you explain the dogs? Like, uh, well, it's Red Titus and Will Ferrer. What's their gimmick? Like, um, uh, they kind of hate each other and they bark. <laughs> yeah, they're 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 dogs. D A W G. Yes, the dogs. Uh, the uh, 2014 tournament also had Hanson and Cheeseburger. So that's that. Uh, things started kind of getting off the rails in 2015, but there were still some good ones uh, from this. You know, Donovan Dijak, Jake Dearden, Ashley Six, Dalton Castle. So you get Dalton Castle out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get the always the aforementioned Will Ferrer, and then who can forget Jay Diesel. 
Joey Dediego. So, I mean, just <laughs> bring me with talent there. Beer City Bruiser and Mikey Webb. Unfortunately, they grabbed a lot of guys from that tournament. Maybe they shouldn't have because some of them are bad. And then um, 2016, Leo Rush, Jason Kincaid, Punishment Martinez, Colby Carino. No, <laughs> you know. Well, three of them are all right, but yeah, everybody left as soon as they could, except for uh, mm. punishment. And then the uh, bottom half of the uh, tournament got a little off the rails. Action Ortiz, Leo St. Giovanni, Brian Fury, and Shaheem Ali. How were your guys? Well, they got a lot of guys from there, too, because Ali and uh, yeah. St. Giovanni are the uh, epic tag team coast to coast. <laughs> and then... Um, 2017. I do you have a, a a trash bag anywhere near you? Oh, uh, the, I remember watching this. You have a cup really or disastrous. something you can puke into. Okay, you got John <laughs> Skyler, Sean Carr, Kurt Stallion. I forgot Kurt Stallion was in this, and he's actually the best person in this entire tournament. Mm. Kurt Stallion, far and away the best guy in this entire fucking uh, top prospect tournament. Uh, Preston Quinn, uh, Brian Milanos, the uh, Preston King Quinn. Pitch. Jesus Christ. I was reading about him like 15 years ago. Yeah, was like 39 years old. And yeah, he wrestled in the Northeast. You saw him when you were like 20, like wrestling. Yeah, probably. He was, he was probably already like a kind of a grizzly veteran at that point. Uh, Raphael King, Josh Woods, and then Chris LaRusso was your top prospect uh, tournament there in 2017. Yeah. And nobody's updated the 2018 top prospect tournament listing because they don't care and Jeff Cobb just beats them all. So now have the Kickmaster in there. Yeah, they, believe it or not, they do not. So that's uh, that's well. that's where we've gotten. And that might be why Will Ospreay has to be in this ROH World Championship match. But anyway, we'll move on here for the Women of Honor Championship. Uh, Sumi Sakai defending her title against Tennille Dashwood. I would put it as almost a mortal lie that Tennille gets the win here and finally wins the championship after trying for quite a few months. I really hope so. I'm pretty tired of seeing Sumi Sakai TV matches. Like, God bless. Like, I think she has the most tenure outside of Jay Briscoe, but still. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but still, can we please get to Neil Dash with this title? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. All right. Uh, Kenny King versus Jushin Thunder Liger. Just a match of two people. <laughs> so yeah, we'll move on. Yeah. yeah. It'll be a match. It'll probably be okay. People no, love Liger, so that'll help. And Kenny King is in his hometown, so I'm sure he'll be. They always say that. It's oh, like they, they wrestle in Vegas like all the fucking time. Like it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah. It'd be like, like Bruno San Martino is back in his hometown. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, he always is. They oh, wrestle. It's like you know, eight big cities they go to. So yeah, right. <laughs> it's not like, oh my god, I'm finally back home. Like it's a you're in <laughs> finally. Yeah, two of your pay-per-views are in Vegas every single year. Like, uh, yeah. uh, Punishment Martinez defending his World Television Championship against Chris Saban. As you said, a uh, weird matchup, but a already you know kind of semi well-built story here. But uh, what are you th- what are your thoughts on this? Do you think Punishment retains, or do you think Chris Saban gets the <laughs> well, hot win here and does it for his partner Alex Shelley? Well, I swear, last week they said uh, you know next week on ROH TV, Aaron Solo, who won the Dojo Pro or whatever, will face the winner from the pay-per-view. And I'm like, that match has already been taped. And in fact, it's on my DVR right now. So <laughs> spoiler alert, I'm pretty sure Punishment Martinez is going to get the win there. Well, thanks a lot. Now I have no reason. To <laughs> and honor, I have no so. cancel your honor club. God damn it. All right. Well, thanks for ruining it all. But uh, I guess, did you give enough forewarning on the spoiler? Ah, nobody fucking cares. All right. No. Uh, ROH World Tag Team Championship match. The Briscoes, uh, the champions, defending against the Addiction. A uh, match that I swear I've seen 8 million times, even though maybe it has not happened all that much. But uh, what are your thoughts on Briscoes and the addiction? Yeah, Christopher Daniels was on uh, Wrestling Observer Live and said he this match, I maybe once or twice it's happened, but not not as much as you would think, even though it, a variation happened at All In with the uh, Scorpio Sky in there. And that, that that was a fun enough match, so I'm sure this will be fine. Uh, 
I guess the Briscoes keep chugging along. Sure, absolutely. I, I'd imagine they uh, win again. Did they tape that too and already show it to you or what? No, so, I don't think they okay. have. No, no future matches taped at this point. No, no <laughs> negative title reigns or anything like that. Okay, good. I was, I, I do enjoy that though. It's one of my favorite things about old wrestling is that you know guys, you know, t- cutting promos with their old their belt they hadn't won yet. Oh, yeah, so it was kind of fun. But then, uh, presumably, our main event here, ten man tag, uh, Bullet Club, Cardi, uh, Cody. I don't know, Cardi, Cody, Marty, Scroll. I, I got ahead of myself with the Marty thing. Cody, Marty, Adam Page, and the Bucks versus Okada, Chucky e. T, Beretta, Rocky Romero, and Tomohiro Ishii. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I don't know about a big pay-per-view match. Feels, you know, kind of more house showy than that. But hey, I'm sure it'll be good. Maybe something will happen. Maybe it won't. I don't know. All right, so that is uh, Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor. Sean Cedor, a uh, former winner of the Five Star Match Game, a uh, blowaway winner. That was the most amazing episode I've ever seen. That guy was unfucking believable. Yeah, on that show. That was. And if you never want to listen to that show. And JR is like an encyclopedia for Ring of Honor as well, and he just gets blitzed by Sean. Yeah. It's amazing. That is my favorite five-star match game. Even though you know that Sean's going to win, just how easily he wins is, is nuts. And I know he didn't cheat either. That's the best part about it. Like People are like, oh, he's got no, no. That's like that dude just has a weird encyclopedia. Like like Garrett Kinney to TNA, Sean Cedor is to Ring of Honor. So, yeah, that was uh, an impressive episode of uh, the five-star match game. But he has our preview up on the site, and then him and Suit Williams will be doing our review uh, on voiceswrestling.com as well. So you can check for that uh, sometime this weekend. So talk about Death mm-hmm. Before Dishonor. So uh, one more, uh, or two more, I should say, uh, kind of big shows coming up here. Uh, we don't have to get a ton into this, but the uh, Progress Wembley show is coming up on the 30th, I believe. That'd be the Sunday, correct? If I have the dates correct. <laughs> same time as uh, the, or same day as the uh, New Japan show. So yeah. Yes. Oh, this was a bit of a problem for them. No, yeah, not great. But uh, yeah, so this is the Progress Wembley show. Uh, some stuff coming up here. Uh, we'll have a preview up on the website as well if people want to read about it. But I'll just quickly go over the card and then uh, you can give me your thoughts uh, overall. Uh, for the Progress Atlas Championship, you got Doug Williams against Trent Seven. You have a Thunder Bastard tag match for the Progress Tag Team Titles. If you don't know about the Thunder Bastard, I'm sure there'll be an explanation or look it up because it is uh, very complicated how it gets it. But you got Bandito and Flamita, the champions. Uh, versus the uh, 198 Flash Morgan Webster, uh, the Wild Boar, Mike Hitchman. Uh, you got Chris Brooks and Timothy Thatcher, David Starr and Jack Sexsmith, James Drake and, and Zach Gibson, uh, Chief Deputy Dunn and Los Federales, Santos Jr., uh, Aussie Open, Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis, and Connor Mills versus Maverick uh, May- Mayhew, I think is how you pronounce yes. it. I think it's Mayhew. Uh, read about the rules. I don't even need to try to explain them to you here. They're weird and yeah, it's that's like why Royal there's... Rumble with pinfalls. Like, exactly, it's Royal Rumble with pinfalls. That's why there's 15 teams listed. So, and they had this big tag league to determine the order. So you spend like months determining who's going to come out like two minutes before someone. Else. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's uh, super. It's yeah, it's odd. Uh, Mark Haskins versus Matt Riddle in Matt Riddle's uh, quote indie send off here with the. Uh... Progress Wembley show. Uh, no DQ singles grudge match. Paul Robinson versus Jimmy Havoc. Uh, Progress Women's Championship triple threat. You got Ginny defending the title against Tony Storm and Millie McKenzie. Uh, TLC match. Eddie Dennis versus Mark Andrews. Pete Don versus Ilya Dragnov. And then the Progress World Championship match. Walter defending his title against Tyler Bates. Uh, Joe, where uh, where you sit with this Progress Wembley card and this entire show? I mean, I, I cut them a little slack. They had their plans. You know, New Japan pulled Will Ospreay, who was going to have a match with uh, Jimmy Havoc. And, you know, they had they had that match on the last Progress show. It was just a crazy spectacle. I can only imagine something like that in front of a sizable Wembley crowd. And you would have had uh, Zack Sabre against Walter in the main event. So they kind of had to, you know, rush. They did this kind of series thing. So, I mean, I think this uh, it'll certainly be a good show. I think 
you know, it doesn't really feel all that special. You know, like we've heard about this Wembley show for like a year. Yeah. Like, this is not like something like last month, like, hey, we're running Wembley. It's like we've heard about this. I don't know if the card really lives up to that. And I'm wondering, you know, couldn't WWE spare Finn Balor for the show? Someone who has history with the c- promotion and could help the show out. Like he really has to have a house show match against, you know, Baron Corbin. <laughs> That's so vital. He can't skip that. You know, why not send Cassius Ono over and, and help out? Because he was just over here. You know, stuff like that would make it feel. And I know it's Matt Riddle's last match, but he's been a regular for progress. He's held titles there it doesn't feel you know all that out of the ordinary that he's there at this point yeah i'm right with you it doesn't feel all that special like i mean this is coming up and we said it's like oh yeah it's sunday or whatever i mean this is this was supposed to be a big deal this was like a crowning achievement we have achieved the next level of this company we've moved from the electric ballroom to the wembley arena and we're doing all this sort of stuff and it just it it's fine like it's a decent card i, I don't recall what the tickets are, are, are really doing i don't know if they're they're going pretty well but i mean it's fine it's different but it feels not anything different than what I saw from progress in Chicago. You know what I mean? Like it's not that much different of a show than they would normally do. It just feels like another one of their big shows. Nothing feels all that important. There's a lot of good stuff on there. Like I'm looking forward to watching it. Cause I mean, Walter Tyler Bates sounds awesome. Pete Dunn versus Dragnoff sounds really great. Uh, the TLC match would be pretty cool as well. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I enjoy on the show. I mean, even the, the women's championship match looks awesome as well. A lot of stuff that I'm going to enjoy and top to bottom looks like a fun card, but it doesn't, as you said, it doesn't have that oomph that you're kind of thinking, oh, progress in Wembley. Oh, here we go. It's like, here's this next thing. And like you said, I, I do point a finger a little bit at WWE who it's like, come on, man. Like, to, like you're, you're, you're kind of in bed with progress. Everybody knows it. I mean, there's not, there's no pretense there. Just, yeah, let them, let them. Cassius Ono could be there. Yeah, Finn Balor would be awesome. I mean, like, if he was on the show back in progress, like, he has ties to it, so it makes sense. As you said, Cassius Ono would make sense, too. Like, these guys have ties and, and have relationships there, so it would make a lot of sense to bring them back. But, yeah, it's just, you know, they lose Osprey, and, and WWE doesn't fill in the gap there at all when they probably could or, or, or should. But, you know, whatever. I mean, it's it's a fun show, and I'm looking forward to watching it, but it doesn't have that oomph. Like, it does it just feels like a normal progress chapter, whatever it is, 87 or whatever. just feels like another chapter, and, and it'll move on. It just happens to be in a bigger arena, so. Now let's say they draw. I don't. I have no idea what ticket sales are. Let's. You know, I've heard like three to four thousand. Let's say they draw four thousand. I think the arena. You know, I Wikipedia said like it holds like twelve thousand. I don't know what the configuration yeah. is for wrestling, but we'll say like they draw a half house. Like, how do you how do you view that? That's does that look to be this kind of all in style triumph? That, you know that. It was. right right it's it's that weird thing where like if you don't like because we always said with all in like they had to get ten thousand or else people are going to look at them and go like oh geez like it's still a tremendous accomplishment that they get like four thousand people in, in the wembley arena and that's like still kind of cool but yeah it it, it would feel kind of weird too if it's like you know a half empty arena you know even if it is four thousand people so i don't know yeah it's it's ah, the optics are going to be weird i guess it's it because they're going to light it well and it's going to look well but yeah it's it's Oh, man, I don't know. I, I could see that being. I would be disappointed by that, honestly, if I was them. So I'm looking at tickets. It looks like there's not a ton of tickets left if you're trying to buy on the actual Wembley website. So that's good. Yeah, they had I mentioned, tell. I guess, the configuration so. they have. So I don't know if they configured it for. It looks yes. So they got like a big entranceway, and then I think they configured it in a way where there's not a ton. There's like two big sort of sets of bleachers, but it's not all the way around. Which is interesting. Yeah. Okay, so that, that's interesting. Okay, so maybe, yeah, maybe it will, the optics will look all right. Maybe they're they going to fill all those seats or whatnot. So, yeah, I don't know. It's because, um, yeah, r- right now, looks like you cannot get that many tickets. So, strange. Okay, well, whatever. Yeah, com- I mean, coming off all in, it, it can't help but feel a little disappointing, even though, you know, it's a different country and a lot of different circumstances. But still, it's kind of, kind of bad timing to run up against the big show like that.
Yeah, absolutely. And, and like you said, it just doesn't feel, I mean, it's all kind of the same guys. All, the, the only unique guy in the show is Matt Riddle, but it's like, he, he's not really gone yet. He's, he's quote yeah, unquote I just gone. Saw him at a like, show right, right, exactly. Like it's not like he's coming back. It's just like, he's staying. And then after this, he's leaving. Mm. So it's like, yeah, it doesn't, it, nothing feels special about the show, even though there's a lot of real fun stuff in it. And it, it, it again, it'll be a fun show, but that's a, uh, that's progress. Wembley. So of course, uh, voice wrestling will have previews and reviews of that as well. And I'm sure our friends at the, Brit, uh, the Brit rest round table on this very network. will uh, talk about it as well, but that's, uh, that's progress. And last but not least, before we get to uh, some other topics here, uh, this weekend, I'm going to, and, and I, now, now we have to ask what show you're going to. So actually, before I do mine, where are you going on Sunday, sure? Uh, you are going oh, to a wrestling show, you said. Beyond Wrestling uh, show. They're doing kind of a gimmick where... Uh, Beyond? It's, it's doing a gimmick? Yeah. <laughs> this this one on. is uh, people who have uh, not been at a Beyond show before. So like a bunch of newcomers. And tickets were half off. And it's like 10 minutes from my house. So That's I'm a like, good yeah, way to book uh, a shitty show. Hey, here's guys we have <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. That's good that they're half off or whatnot. So. No, the, the guys like names like Marco Stunt are going to be there and things like that. So I'm like, oh, I'll go check him out. Tickets for half price, 10 minutes from my house. So I, I did not realize it was up against the New Japan show. But, uh, <laughs> That's all right. Live whatever. wrestling is always better than watching. Yeah, I know. Yeah, live wrestling, it's always good. That's a hell of a game. I'm gonna I'm gonna become a promoter and just be like, hey, I've never booked any of these guys before. It's a whole new show. Like, <laughs> I like that. That's that's palsy, but uh, yeah, you know, it's, I give it up for Beyond. They always have uh, interesting concepts, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that sounds that sounds like a lot of fun. Do you know who else is on that show? I'm trying to look it up right now. Um, I'm interested in who, who who you've never seen before. Um, um, Marco Stunt's kind of the the big name in that regard, but I I'll see if I can. Oh, some of the names I'm just not familiar with, which is. Uh, Actually, fine by me because oh, I remember. Ooh, you know, oh, this looks like a kind of a fun show. Actually, I, I feel bad. I, I apologize now. You got Air Fox, Tony Deppin. That should be a lot of uh, a lot of high flying, mm. pretty good. Yes, uh, Joey Janela ground his uh, ankle to oatmeal. Yes. So. Yeah, yeah. Air Fox in there now. Or his knee is just fucking shot. I mean, oh, he said he like yeah. tore everything. That's that's gonna be a while for that. Uh, Doom Patrol versus Teddy Good and Devil's Reject. Uh, IFBO <laughs> versus Project Generation versus Sultan versus the Amazing Graysons. Those are not real people. Who are those people? <laughs> Uh, John Silver versus Chris Stedlinder. Josh Briggs versus Kurt Stallion. There you go. Josh Briggs, Kurt Stallion, Lefisto, yeah, Kurt Stallion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You never seen Kurt before? He's he's fine. No, I think he never made his way up here before. So, I enjoy Kurt. Uh, Orange Cassidy, Marco Stunt. Oh boy. Ooh. <laughs> 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 okay. Well, <laughs> that will certainly be a talk a match to talk about one way or another. Uh, Tracy Williams, Travis Huckabee, uh, Wheeler Yuta, and Jackson Stone. So uh, that's interesting. That's a pretty fun show. I like the, yeah, I like the name I, of Please Come Back. That's a pretty fun name for it. Yeah. And I remember, you know, at a Beyond pre-show, it was the first time I saw MJF and uh, uh, Wheeler Jimmy Yuta, and they, you know, <laughs> really jumped out at me, and they went on to do good things. So we'll see if anyone else uh, can do the same. Yeah, Air Fox Tony Deppin should be fun. Have you ever seen Deppin yeah. before? Deppin's from I that area. I can't believe he's never worked at Brown Show. Isn't he from, like, Boston area? Or, like, he's, he's Massachusetts, I thought. I do not know because he's always like he's done we, we stuff out. and he's been in Chicago and I've seen him a few times. So that's kind of amazing that he would, yeah, be there. But uh, yeah, he should be good. He does a lot of high flying and Air Fox will try to kill himself because it's all right. Fox, so that's pretty good. Have you ever seen the Air Fox live? Oh, god, yeah, like he's always on Beyond Show. I see him like, okay, oh, okay, okay. okay. Well, then this is a live show that they have Air Fox. He's been on shows before now. I get it. Like, well, it's it's usually like guy. one, um, it's one newcomer against one established Beyond stuff because okay. you know, Doom Patrol has been there a bunch. Mm-hmm. UFBO, John Silver. You see these people all the time. So, all right. So that's cool. So that's the show you're going to on Sunday, uh, Friday night. I'm going to be at the uh, Gin Linum uh, tournament for AEW. I'm doing the night one. I'm not doing night two. Uh, night two is on Saturday afternoon. Uh, I can only go to night one, but it uh, looks like I have a pretty fun lineup and they have a lot of fun uh, 
participants in this year's tournament. Uh, so here are the matchups I'm going to see for night one, and I'll be uh, I'll be doing some stuff on the Patreon, patreon.com uh, slash voices of wrestling related to the tournament, whether it be a lens or an instant reaction after the show or whatnot. I haven't quite decided what I'm going to do yet. All depends on signal and all that sort of stuff. But uh, here's what I'm seeing night one. Uh, Sammy Callahan versus Moose. Uh, DJ Z versus Ace Romero. Uh, Sammy Guevara versus Trey Miguel. Air Fox versus Myron Reed. Trevor Lee, Rich Swan, Jimmy Jacobs, Darby Allen. My God, someone will die in that match. That's I will see a death live uh in a wrestling show because those two dudes somehow will 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 figure out who can take as many bumps on the apron as humanly possible before their spines compress uh shane strickland versus ray phoenix uh ach versus mjf i'm also seeing an uh, aw tag team titles you got wrestling which is david Starr and uh, eddie kingston versus kurt stallion and jake something so we're all seeing kurt stallion this weekend so there you go so <laughs> all seeing air fox and all seeing kurt stallion hopefully they're driving together to save gas uh and then aw heavyweight championship match brody king versus pentagon jr so brody king unfortunately is the aw heavyweight champion uh oh. and pentagon is facing him but uh so that's the tournament there. This, uh, that's all the names that I said. Uh, Trevor Lee, Rich Swan, the winner of that will face the winner of Sammy Callahan, Moose. Uh, Sammy Guevara, Trey Miguel, the winner of that will face Jimmy Jacobs and Darby Allen. Uh, DJ Z, Ace Romero, that uh, winner will face uh, Strickland and Phoenix. Air Fox and Myron Reed, uh, the winner of that will face ACH and MJF. So a lot of fun stuff there. So I'm looking forward to that night one loaded lineup there. Uh, yeah, it'll be pretty fun to, to check out. So um, I'm going to get you to an AEW show one of these days because I think you'd <laughs> greatly enjoy it. Yeah. I don't know. I have a strict like one hour limit. Like if a show is an hour away from my house, I'm like, I'm already so, making the exception so for uh, WrestleMania. 15, 14 hours is not going to uh, not going to uh, yeah. quite work out for you. All right, fine. I guess they can come to me. Okay. Well, they're going to Austin. All right. Come on. They're working their way around. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> Night two, uh, the quarterfinals, semifinals, and the final, and then some other matches as well. So that's the uh, AW Jim uh, Lineham tournament. Uh, it was really good last year, really good. It's been a great tournament in years prior. Guys really worked their ass off uh, during that tournament, so I expect much of the same uh, for this as well. So it'll be pretty fun to check out and see what happens uh, with that. Uh, and then now, Joe, we, uh, we got kind of the... Uh, not the non-wrestling portion of the show, but uh, kind of our fun portion. We have uh, questions. Uh, and then before we do that, though, I wanted to talk with you, of course, because you are the one and only Joe Gagne. We have to talk video games, especially pro wrestling video games. Uh, first, let's talk about Fire Pro. Fire Pro World, uh, of course, came out on PS4 uh, since the last time we talked. came out about a month or so ago. Uh, I know you played a lot of the Switch game on, on, on PC, and we maybe have talked about Fire Pro World before. But uh, overall, what have your thoughts been of this Fire Pro World as they've kind of updated it, uh, the, the you know, creators have made some stuff. There's been game modes added. What's kind of your level of interest uh, so far with uh, Fire Pro? Oh, it's been. I've been waiting for the New Japan, which uh, has was released last night. The New Japan DLC. If you're if you're on Steam and you have Fire Pro, like I have, uh, that's available for you. You can get that. So I haven't really, you know, if you were going on you know, too long about one topic, I was going to dive in a little, see if I can get, get a little gameplay in while you're obliviating. But, uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's Lanza. You can always play a game during that. Uh, I, I don't. Uh, <laughs> That's why this show is going to be about two hours long because you and I were both. Uh, yeah, we breached through it. Um, <laughs> no, no, it's just you know, it's it's Fire Pro. It's the, not terribly different from the when I, you know, the SNES version I emulated like twenty years ago, and it's just kind of amazing that it you know made this comeback. I know games, you know, old games getting remade or updated is all the rage, but it's something I never thought I'd see, and not you know seeing an actual official license with it is kind of amazing. Especially since you know they never had official licenses, and guys would just have goofy names, even though they would look the same and uh, have all their moves. You know, they would just have different names, and that was somehow okay. But um, no, it's great to have it back. I can't wait to dive in. I watched you play some of the the New Japan story mode. 
on the uh, the Patreon special, so that got me excited. Especially your 17 minute Young Lion match. <laughs> yeah, I it really is. Yeah, it's it's a fun mode. I mean, it's it's apparently like there's people that have gotten like super deep into it. And there's a guy that said like, yeah, I'm in like the G1 of like the second year, and it says I'm like 20 percent done. I'm like, oh my god, like what the hell? Like this mode apparently just goes on forever and just like is super deep, and you have a bunch of matches and a bunch of stuff. So that's I'm excited about that. I mean, I, I like the idea that there's always something to give me back because while I love the Fire Pro games, they tend to sometimes if you're not into customizing you're not into doing some of that stuff they can kind of lose a little bit where there's not really like okay you know wh- what am i going for what am i trying to gain with this i'm it, yeah it's a fun game and i love the gameplay and i love the customization and i love all that but the inclusion of like a you know a real career mode i think will, will do a lot for me and it seems from what i can tell so far i've only played you know a, a few hours and that's you know barely scratching the surface of it from when i played a really fun game mode as well you, you start as a young lion you're doing training some of the training you'd have to do specific things in those specific matches and we heard that once you get to the g1 it gets fun and like all this sort of stuff like the, just the idea that you can do a g1 uh, with your creative wrestler, it sounds like a hell of a lot of fun. So I'm excited to kind of dive in even a little bit more. Yeah, the old, you know, the other story mode you used to have was just beat everyone. You know, like well, yeah, right, right. Beat everyone in all Japan, you can unlock Giant Baba, and that was kind of the extent of it. But uh, no, yeah, like that—that that sounds great. Like actual genuine career mode where you start and then build up. No, that sounds awesome. <laughs> Let's stop the show so I can go play. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we'll get you out of here. That's bullshit. Yeah, get me out of here. Yeah, no, a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, and the created uh, has been pretty good. On PS4, it's a little weird because you got to go online to like the fp-arena.net and then download them there and stuff. So yeah. it's a little weird and you can't rename stuff. So it's a little wonky. But, you know, if, if like you said, you, you're, you're playing on the Switch. So if you're like kind of familiar with like Nintendo online, you're you're kind of okay. Well, I'm actually on, on PC. I don't even I don't think it's on the, the Switch. Well, not, I, so. I'm saying, though, in terms of like. Japanese companies sometimes have had oh, okay. like weird ways of going about online stuff where you're like, yeah. well, why do I have to do that stuff? And it's like, whatever, who cares? Like, it's fine. Cause like switch, it's like, yeah, you can like not play with your friends or you can kind of play with your friends. If you want to do a headset, you got to buy these eight things. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, I don't want a game code. Like just give me a username. Like, what are you doing? But it's like, sometimes yeah. they just do these things. You know what I mean? It's fine. It's just another step. But once you do that one step, you're, you're fine with it or whatnot, but uh, they should do it on switch. Though. That'd be an incredible game to play on switch. I'd play the fuck out of that. If it was on switch, yeah. but uh, that's that. But uh, yeah, Fire Pro is pretty awesome. Uh, definitely want to check out. Hopefully doing some more squashing buttons on uh, Patreon uh, with uh, playing through Fire Pro. Because hey, if I'm playing it, I might as well fucking stream it. So we'll see that. But uh, yeah, a lot of good stuff there. So I uh, was able to dive in. The other day I went and downloaded like a hundred classic guys or whatnot. So it's pretty fun to kind of go in there and now have an entire stable of, you know, classic Pro guys. And and I don't know if I'm ever going to get like obsessive with it, like where people used to be, where everybody was in the right spots and there's all these different roster guys and whatnot. I don't know if I'm going to do that. I feel like I kind of like the base roster and then just get some like guys that I want to play as, but I don't know that I necessarily need like every single person that's ever wrestled, you know, in Japan or America. I don't know. We'll see how things go and how the creator wrestlers go. How do you, how do you usually tackle a fire pro game? Do you kind of <laughs> stick with, or are you one of those weirdos that just downloads everybody? No, the days of being weird are, are done. You Who's know, got time for that? Like, <laughs> be like, wait a minute, this junkyard dog can jump off the middle rope. Like, <laughs> yeah, I better change this. this. Yeah, right. It's bullshit. Yeah, this no, guy those days are long. Like, no, like, oh, this JYD does a Phoenix splash. Ah, close enough. So. <laughs> yeah, whatever. It looks like JYD. That's all I want. Yeah, yeah, when I went through, I didn't even, I was like, yeah, that looks like Kensuke Bachi. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what he does. I was I always see like the weird, like, you know, someone made like Chef Boyardee or the Cookie Monster. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I really don't get the appeal here. Like, like God bless, I guess, if that's your thing, you know. Someone's doing it. And, you ever, and like, I don't know if you've actually delved into this Fire Pro creator. I, for five seconds, was like, you know, I should create a guy. And I got into that menu and I said, nope, I'm out of here. This is bullshit. It is. I don't understand yeah, how anybody creates anything up. in that game. It's so ridiculous. It's super deep and amazing. But, dude, God, you got to be spending hours trying to get guys. 
Yeah, it, yeah, stuff stuff like uh, No Mercy or WrestleMania 2000 had that kind of creator mode where you could just kind of mess around and make someone, and in a reasonable like a half hour, you could kind of come up with you know something decent. But this, you know, you need like. <laughs> he's doing like you know dna coding and stuff to get the proper uh, right like i'm not doing that i'm not doing that bullshit. yeah get it's out a of here. little too much yeah I don't, I don't have time for that shit but um uh let's talk about a game that i also don't have time for <laughs> at least just speaking of don't have time for shit w2k19 joe coming up in uh what two weeks now at this point w2k19 i know you're nothing if not the world's biggest w2k fan so how excited mm. on a level of nine to ten are you for uh, w2k19 <laughs> Negative nine thereabouts. <laughs> you know, you, you just look at the presentation. I mean, you look at, can we get can we get something? You know, not even comparable to like Madden, like comparable to a good PlayStation Three game. Like that would be a big upgrade at this point. It's just like, like you you said, you see the the side by side. Like you know, well, here's the Tyler Bate in the game, and here's the Tyler oh Bate. God, the Tyler Bate. Some dude oh just made god, Tyler Bate. Looks terrible. Oh my god, it looks like like an intern spent five minutes, and he's like, uh, yeah. here's what I have. Like, I'll work on it tomorrow." And they're like, "Ah, that's good enough." Like, he's got hair, he's got tights. We're good. That that we'll go with that. Yeah, it's just it's like, oh my god, like <laughs> it can't be that hard. You know, don't you just do scans and kind of go from there? Like, was he not available because he's in the UK? Did you have to use like your cousin or something and kind of just go from there? Just download the other guy. Like, there's better ones that people made. Like some, guy, like some twelve year old made a better one. Just download that one and just say it's the new one. You know what I mean? Like, you could just steal that player model and probably do it. But it's, uh, my God, yeah, what a, uh, what a complete disaster. Um, 2K19. I mean, I have absolutely zero desire to play it. I, I usually on a yearly basis will sample these games for about an hour. I, I saw a gameplay video and I was like, I'm never in a million years going to play this fucking game. Like, how are we are we still working on the same engine we've worked on for 25 years? It's on. Yeah fathomable that they haven't updated the engine it still plays the same it still looks the same i mean yeah it, it's got fun entrances and it's got all this sort of stuff but man the gameplay is just the goddamn dirt worst hey there's big head mode this year i, I saw that oh my you're gonna spend time on fucking big head mode oh, jesus christ what is it <laughs> it's nba jam yeah NBA, fucking nba hang time garbage like what are you doing here with this God, Lord. I saw that. I saw people being like, oh, my God, hey, big head mode. Like, really, that? how long are you to play big head mode and actually enjoy it? Like, I, I didn't even enjoy it in NBA hang time. Like, it was something that, like, yeah. you were trying to get a better code on the screen, and you just ended up with big <laughs> head mode, and you're like, oh, and your friends are like, oh, no. Like, I know. I'm sorry. And it was, like, fun for four minutes that they had big heads, and then you're kind of over it. Like, that's about. And they, I'm sure that they spent. But also, the people that buy in, it's, like, not that hard to even do a big head mode. Like, I don't know anything about game programming, but I imagine you just, like, attribute head, like, up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it can't be that hard to even program. So that's, like, that's the shit they shovel in your face and for 2K19. And, they're, you know. <laughs> and they have Bray Wyatt's House of Horrors or whatever. Oh, match. Right. oh my God. But uh, no Tommaso Ciampa, though. Uh, you'll have to... Uh, Wait, yeah. maybe they'll put him on the DLC. I hope, Joe. I hope for God's sakes that they put Michael mm. Champa on the first DLC. You know, God, I'm just, I'm just looking at all the, the legends that are in the game. Like, how long is Edge going to be in WWE games? Like forever? <laughs> like, I don't know. I think if you, <laughs> I think if you really like Edge, you've probably played a video game with him at this point. I think, I think you got the point. You know, it, but, but how many different edges do they have? I remember one year, what was it? The Kurt Angle. Well, year? Said, yeah. Like we have five Kurt Angles. You're like, I don't need five Kurt Angles. Like, like do you get yeah, weird I mean, edge and then mm. weird baby face edge that nobody liked, and then rated R edge, and then broken neck edge, and then, <laughs> then short haired uh, 
promo sometimes edge yeah podcaster edge yeah, yeah. Edge. <laughs> yeah right comes out with it come on epico colognes in this game huh oh god <laughs> I remember one year, like they had the the Usos, but you had to buy them separately. Like they weren't a pack. Like, Who's yeah. just gonna buy Jay and not Jimmy? You know? <laughs> like, I'm good. I'm good with just Jay. I'll, I'll, I'll move on from there. Like I get the point. Like you know, if they are twins. You know, you could just use different outfits and team them up. It's like you know. Oh my god. Oh, thank God, Randy Orton's in the game. Yeah. <laughs> are you? Are you not gonna play this game? Are you? No. No, I'm still stuck on a Xbox 360. So. Last oh, one yeah. I played was uh, my Angelo Dawkins. How exciting! <laughs> yeah, just like, coming over here. Just couldn't find a way to get Champa in there, though. Gosh darn it! Like so weird how like, just like the four horsemen that one year they just couldn't. God damn it! They couldn't get him in there. Thank God though, two weeks after they had DLC that they were in there. So they at the last minute righted the wrong. So <laughs> Jason Jordan's at the game. Remember him? <laughs> yeah. He comes out in his agent outfit. He's just wearing a suit. <laughs> That's true. He just he can't play as well. He just puts matches together. For <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, oh no! Yeah, the, oh, that's W2K. Oh, so that's our uh, great uh, preview of W2K19. So what's what's the new game mode? I don't even. Who cares? Who the hell cares? Joe, I want to talk to you about this. Um, a recent Patreon episode of Squashing Buttons. I played WF Super WrestleMania for the Genesis. Mm-hmm. Um, why is that game such a steaming pile of shit? And why did <laughs> I spend a half an hour on it? I don't know what's wrong with WrestleMania Super WrestleMania for the Genesis. Okay. All right. So kicks did more damage than anything else in the entire game. <laughs> Well. So eventually I realized that I should just kick everybody. <laughs> um, everybody had the same moves, except they had finishers. So that was kind of cool because hey. that was different. I watched, I then watched your video afterwards. I'm like, oh, Joe better have like fucking eviscerated this game. And then you didn't. You you eviscerated the SNES version. Because oh, yeah, literally cause... everybody had the same moves and nobody yeah, had finishers. The <laughs> There's no difference between being Earthquake or Jake Roberts. I actually remember Nintendo Power was like, well, if you do a body slam with Jake, it kind of looks like a DDT. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> Out yeah, here. Like, well, Get I mean, you can close your eyes and imagine we did a yeah. DDT. Then, like, um, but you like the Genesis version? I didn't mind it. I mean, considering you know the horrendous WWF games on the NES at the time, it was a, de- a definite upgrade. You know, if you remember the WrestleMania game where you know it was even he just ran around the ring and kicked each other and <laughs> tried to grab the little logos. They like, tried to grab a um across for the Hulkster, I guess, give him energy. No, yeah, no, there was an enormous upgrade at that point. So this also led me kind of to have this discussion. It's it's interesting. And people have asked us this question too and in, in, in when we asked for a you know a call for questions on this this episode. But uh how many of these because you, you played all of them through the Funtime Arcade, of course, if you haven't looked up Joe Gagney's Funtime Arcade on YouTube, definitely I want to go and do that. You know, we we there are like your obvious usual suspects of like good wrestling games. There's your you know virtual pro wrestling, your your No Mercies, your WrestleMania two thousands, your Fire Pros, of course. There's there's games like that. By and large, though, do wrestling games kind of suck more than good? Because I, I as I'm going through a lot of the classic games, I'm like these a lot of these games just kind of suck. Like they're just not very good at all on any level. But I I enjoy them. There's something nostalgia to me, but they're kind of bad, right? Yeah, I mean. Can you say that for any other? Like, are there more good baseball games than bad ones? Yes, are there more? I think so. I think so. <laughs> I really do. I mean, God, like, yeah. just off the top of my head, like, I'd rather play RBI Baseball and MVP 05 and All Star Baseball is pretty good. And Triple Play '96 is pretty good. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, Baseball All Stars, Super Baseball 2020, which is only two years away from <laughs> from that becoming a reality finally. So, oh, uh, we're, all <laughs> we're all did robots. Did you mention Baseball Stars, or did you omit that? 
Uh, I did not mention baseball stars yet, but that one. Oh, was a that's good one, one of the, too, that's so. one of the greats. But uh, so, yeah, I'm just, I'm just thinking better. of the original baseball in the NES, where you know the ball would go through the <laughs> that would the outfield wall for a home run, and it's like oh, <laughs> that one does suck. Yeah, I'm just going back and like I played the um the WCW game for Super Nintendo, and that's fire. No, Nintendo, right? Was that one the WCW? It's just like it's the weird one where you highlight the guys and they talk. Is that Super Nintendo or? Am I that was super Nintendo. Okay, that one. Where Ron Simmons is like, <laughs> why does he say when you cover Ron Simmons? Like, show me respect. It's <laughs> clearly not. <laughs> yeah, it's just some guy going, show me respect. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They just had some developer be like, uh, try to do a voice like a big black guy. Uh, okay, <laughs> All right, that'll work. Yeah, whatever. That's pretty good. But that's, yeah, I mean, that game has its, it's weird and interesting. Like, you know, I went back and I played a lot of the, uh, you know, Raw and Royal Rumbles, and I enjoy those games as kids. They they're not as endearing to me these days, but I think it's maybe just because I'm a little spoiled in some way. But I don't know. I like I love old wrestling games, but they're really not. <laughs> they're just the depth in a lot of them are kind of it's just kind of bad. But that's all right. Yeah, it's always. I mean, you know, you're trying to figure out how to present a stage contest as an actual athletic game, and that can be a bit of a challenge compared to, uh, you know, something like baseball. It's like, well, hit A to swing bat, and you can at least pull that off. Sure. And I think you you and you mentioned it in, in your in your series as well. I mean, like the first time World Tour, or even WCW versus the World, but I think World Tour was the first one where like it was so goddamn shocking for American audiences because all you had before was like Raw and you know WF Rage in the Cage on Sega CD and like uh, you know these sort of like even even WrestleMania the arcade game. That's one that actually does hold up for you all for me. I enjoy WrestleMania the arcade game a lot, but like you, that was it like that those were your like best ones that you had and then like that game came out or you know wrestlefest of course to the arcade but when world tour came out it was fucking mind-blowing because that completely i mean that in that game still i can play that right now in an hour and 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 still have a lot of fun and play for four or five hours or whatnot but it's just like it's amazing how and and i think you mentioned as well how transformative that game was to the american audiences because we had just gotten really kind of shit before that yeah that was such a quantum leap in you know wrestling made the great leap to, to 3d gaming you know we'd been so used to 2d before that and it made it so gracefully and that was that was the kind of game where they you know it's one thing to put in things gamers expect but they kind of like put in things i didn't think of like i remember scott steiner had the screwdriver i'm like oh yeah that is a movie uses not all the time in the u.s but sometimes and they actually remembered that and pulled that out and that's <laughs> that's really awesome Stuff like yeah, you know, giving Laparka La a chair to start the match. It's oh like, my yeah, god! Yeah, that. so great. Yeah, little stuff like that was just like so awesome. And like the little things in those games were incredible because you didn't get little things and get you know these games before. No. Like you said like the little things was like you had to pick up a cross for health for Hulk Hogan. You're yeah, like, oh. you were looking to get big things, like, <laughs> right? Like, so like little things you were never going to get. But yeah, like that that stuff, the inclusion of of the different game modes, like you beat guys, you unlocked guys, like stuff like that was just like oh, I mean, like we kind of took for granted in those and like maybe now you look at them and you're like oh yeah whatever you, you go through these game modes you unlock people but still it was like a big deal and like everybody kind of feeling i think the best part about it is is every wrestler kind of felt like themselves like when you played as scott steiner for instance you felt like you were wrestling as scott steiner for the first time almost ever in a wrestling video game because a lot of times yeah you were jake the snake roberts or you were rick martell in in, in a game and it never it didn't feel much different i mean you're doink or or diesel and it kind of felt the same but this is the first game where it really felt like guys had like a little bit more weight and felt unique so yeah it's it's the, the idea that like you should really just go and like play through some old games and then play world tour even or even a no mercy or wrestlemania and and, and even a revenge and just be like oh my god like jesus christ that's why these games were as big of a deal as they are and that's why we still talk about them to these days i mean they just were that big and and shit i don't think they've gotten anywhere close to that you know in the last 15 years i mean here comes the pain was pretty solid but you know it's been quite a while since they've been anywhere near that 
oh, I love Here Comes the Pain. And then I remember next year, I forget the follow-up. It may have been the first Raw versus SmackDown. I'm like, this will be even better. Because they'll, you know, they'll make tweaks, but keep everything. And it was just terrible. Yeah. It was just Who knew that Here Comes fun. the Pain was an apt name for that game? Yeah. It was like, it's like, the future they took is out pain. All the good stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember, that, you know, those those games like Revenge was, you know, still the same core gameplay, but they made improvements. Like you could kind of position guys in certain ways now in a grapple. And they made they would make little tweaks like that, but keep the the same gameplay, you know, intact. Yeah, as I've gotten a little bit older, I mean, I loved WrestleMania 2000, probably my favorite for a long time. But as I've gotten a little bit older, I, I, I you know, No Mercy, I still really do love. But for whatever reason, like Revenge has just moved up my ladder a bunch. I love Revenge. I think it's the roster more than anything. Because the, the WrestleMania 2000 roster, yeah, WrestleMania 2000 is a better game. But like, I just hate that roster because it's yeah, like playing the Godfather all that. Yeah, much. it's like the dirt worst of WWF. Like, I hate that era of WWF. And it's like mm. half the roster is just guys that you ne- the godfather and midian and pat patterson and michael hayes and his dry fit t-shirt and like i don't want to be any of these people <laughs> these guys all suck like yeah of course you got your mankind your takers your your, your whatnot and and that obviously improves in in, in no mercy because then you add like you know the radicals and you add kurt angle and you add taz and you have all those guys so that's why no mercy really stands out but man revenge is just like the best roster to me i love that roster of revenge it's just perfect like bloated wcw roster combined with a little bit of the holdovers from you know world tour and stuff it's just yeah i love that revenge and revenge is just so smooth too i love that game a lot we should go play revenge right now yeah <laughs> i mean you know wcw still holds a real you know a lot of people are still fans remember the the good old days of wcw and that's you know that was their their pinnacle it's, it's weird how their video games kind of mirrored their fortunes and uh in real life because when you you know you had world tour they were on the ascend you had revenge was probably around their apex oh, yeah. Then you had mayhem, things oh. to slip a bit, and then you get into backstage assault, oh. and, uh, where it's yeah. just the the pits. So, um, so yeah, but no, a lot, yeah. lot of. I mean, revenge came out when I was in college, so you know you always had endless battle royals at that point. Which did you do? Did you do pinfall battle royals? That's what we always did. Which was a we, yeah, we did that. But you know, you kind of. I would kill to have the amount of time that I had then. We were like, sweet, this match is going to take five hours. Like I cannot wait. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean, like I time. Yeah, like hell yeah, dude! Like I'm coming over Saturday night, and we're doing a battle royal with pinfalls or whatever, just just submissions or whatever, and that was fine. Like we were totally fine with spending five hours doing that. Now, like my same friends were like, "Ah, uh, yeah, I think uh, in I don't know, uh, yeah, in November, I should have like a few hours to hang out." Like what the hell? Yeah, happened? like goddamn it! Like I hate getting old. That's great, but uh, yeah, no, uh, revenge is is pretty incredible. I always had a friend. Um, hopefully, you didn't have a friend like this that was like liked the Nitro and Thunder games better than Revenge, and I stopped being friends with him because of it. So <laughs> I remember someone was like, I, it's, I, was like "I don't know if that's better." I, I, I had to get that. this Revenge game, and he's like, "Well, I hear there's new games coming out on the PlayStation. Maybe you want to get those instead." <laughs> I was like, "Hmm, nope. like now nah, I'll stick with this." And uh, yeah, but they talk when you do the selection screen. Oh, okay, well. That game is fucking garbage. Oh, I hate that game so much. All right. Let's get to these questions here before we uh, wrap things up. Uh, we'll go kind of quick on these guys. We had a uh, we asked for your questions on Patreon and the, uh, the forums, voicewrestling.com slash forums. So we'll start with our Patreon questions first. Uh, John Carroll asks, uh, Russ, uh, the host of Wrestling Omakase, on this very network. So John asks, are you leaning in any particular direction for the two major single wrestler categories right now? Wrestler of the year and most outstanding wrestler. That's in the wrestling observer awards. Uh, Joe, any, uh, any guys standing out for you for wrestler of the year or most outstanding wrestler thus far? Um, outstanding. I mean, there's a, you know, there's a, this has been a crazy year for in ring wrestling. It could go to like, you know, there's 10 names you could say, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue much. Wrestler of the year is tough because 
you would think it'd be Kenny Omega's award to win, and he probably will, but I feel like we're a couple days away from having to stage an intervention about his title reign after two, you know, eh, not like, you know, I I liked the Ishii match, but I think that's kind of the worst match those guys could have together. That's They kind of hit the floor in a way, and, you know, the stuff like yelling about Tanahashi and his match style and stuff like that, I think, like, Oh, this is not this is not helping your Hall of Fame candidacy. You're not <laughs> right, right. Picking at the right moment here. So I don't know at this point. I mean, I, I'm kind of with you. Yeah, it's, it's wide open. Say. It's really wide open. When I, I was thinking about this question for a while, and I was like, I don't know that I have names. Like, I think I have a bunch of names. Like most outstanding, I could give you ten guys. I could give you an Omega. I could give you an Ishii. I could give you, you know, even a Walter type. I can give you even an Osprey who, who's had some great stuff. Uh, that I've really liked uh, throughout the year. And, and, and man, there's a lot of guys that that have a, a most outstanding case, guys that have had incredible years top to bottom all across the world. I mean, it's been just a great wrestling year uh, all over the place. Wrestler of the year, though, like who is, you know, not only had a great in-ring year, but had a great business year and stuff. Like, I mean, it, it's it's such a weird year because we've seen some transformative shows. We've seen Cody and, and the Bucks, you know, do this all-in thing, which was a tremendous success and could be, you know, justifiable when you're talking about, like, you know, guys that really mattered in terms of the the business of pro wrestling, a Kenny Omega type, as you mentioned, you could go to, I mean, there's just so many guys to go for these. I don't know. I have a real tough time. I'm hoping that it becomes a little bit more clear because I hope uh, it's not as difficult as it is now, but I cannot mm-hmm. whittle it down to like just a few names. I mean, I have probably 10 names for each of those guys and I don't know that I could vote any one of them over the other right now. It's, it's kind of yeah. tricky. Uh, Knocked Out Entertainment asks, uh, what promotion do you want to see Shima and his crew invade next? So people have not been following Shima and the Stronghearts crew, uh, the guys that broke off from Dragon Gate. Uh, they've been in DDT. They've been in Wrestle 1. They're showing up all over the place. Where next do you want to see Shima and his boys invade? <laughs> Go to Pro Wrestling Noah, so there's a little bit of life there. Yes! <laughs> I like it, yeah. So, you know. I was going to say, like, Evolve. That'd be pretty sweet, too, to, like, just... Just add a sure. random injection to like evolve wrestling somewhere in America or whatnot. Like AW, come on on AW, guys. That'd be pretty sweet. I invite you to come to AW uh, this weekend. No, I like pretty much anywhere. I think that like these guys yeah. are adding juice anywhere they're going. I mean, Wrestle One has been as, as interesting as it's ever been um, with these guys there. Uh, DDT, I'm pretty interested to see what they did. I've heard nothing but rave reviews about what they've done in DDT. And, and yeah, I mean, pretty much anywhere. And PWG, apparently, they had a pretty uh, good weekend uh, at Bola as well. A few of the guys, T Hawk and, and Shima. So um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, no would be a great option. That's actually a really fun one. I like that idea. Um, I don't know, Dragon Gate might be nice to <laughs> inject some life into it. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? about that one? That, well, that bridge might be done, but you know, if you're looking to invade and inject some life into a company, Dragon Gate might be a, a fun one to do. No, DDT is really fun. I mean, that's a really cool way to get them involved. But yeah, I think No would be be really good. And then maybe, so, I mean, somewhere in America, I don't know if Evolve is really the right spot for them, but I don't know where else you put them really in America. I mean, maybe one of the Euro promotions would be pretty cool. Um, to see them kind of come in and, and do some stuff. But everyone's kind of co-opted one way or another, so it's hard to find, like, a good spot for them. Maybe, like, Australia they go. But, no, I, I like Noah the best. That'd be a lot of fun uh, for what uh, them and Noah. Uh, Dalton Bailey asks, what are your power rankings so far for what's announced for WrestleMania weekend? So uh, in terms of stuff going on WrestleMania weekend, we've heard that DDT's coming. Uh, we've heard that WXW is coming. you got the WWN Super Show. You have Evolve. You've got Joey Ryan's uh, Spring Break. You have the huge show, Joey Ryan's Penis Party. Of course, that should be number one on everyone's power yeah. rankings. I'm sure it'll be on yours. Uh, ROH, New Japan, you know, TakeOver, WrestleMania, all that sort of stuff. We have to rank every single one of them, but maybe what, what are the standouts for you? What's you know a, a, a show that you're definitely 100% going to have to go to uh, this WrestleMania weekend? Well, I, already, I bought a ticket for the Madison Square Garden show with uh, Ring of Honor and New Japan, so that's, I guess, number one. That's the one I'm probably most excited about. I think that'll be... 
a pretty crazy experience. And uh, and DDT is definitely one I'm gonna pencil. I mean, I don't know like where I'm staying, how I'm getting there, how I'm getting around, but uh, I'm going to MSG. I'm going to DDT. I'm right. Okay, so you have the exact same path that I do. Those are the I bought my MSG tickets and the second the DDT tickets are on sale, I'm gonna go buy those and that's it. Like every other one, I'm just gonna show up to. Again, like I said, I have no clue what I'm doing. I haven't even bought anything else. I just buy those two tickets and then just kind of figure out around there. So you and I have the same schedule. So I will hopefully see you then. So that's all right. So uh, I think that penis party is kind of like a trap. Like anyone who buys a ticket and goes kind of gets a. A tracking device put on them. Too, huh? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's where you go. Yeah. Like the idea that your email is going to come in, like your tickets for Joy Ryan's penis party have arrived. Like, you know what I mean? Like, download your tickets now for the Joy Ryan's penis party. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's some. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Jamie Sessions <laughs> asks, uh, any locks for Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame voting? Anyone that has fallen off that you can't believe did? So, uh, Joe, uh, you are a uh, Hall of Fame voter, kind of, sort of. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess on a ballot once I have to remind <laughs> Dave all the time, like, you know, I'm like, hey, Dave, don't forget me. And so then you get a ballot, you send a ballot. We don't know if your ballot gets counted, but well, hey, you, know. you know what? Hey, it's it's fine. Hey, it's progress. All right. Yeah. So acknowledges you. So uh, any locks this year for the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame? By the way, we're going to do a lot of Patreon content about the Hall of Fame. So expect that uh, over the next few weeks. But yeah, any uh, any guys that are standing out to you right now? Uh, I don't. Like, I mean, I don't think anyone's a lock. I know. I think Omega is just too new to be on the ballot. Uh, you know, say, kind of say with Naito. He's kind of going in, isn't he? Omega. It's going to cause. I, I don't think so. Cause I, I really thought Naito would have gone in. I think hopefully people learn their lessons from Nakamura who went in before his, uh, jump to NXT and the WWE. And everyone's kind of like, maybe we should have held off a little bit on that. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. So I, I don't, I don't see anyone as a, it's probably not a stone cold. I think when Okada goes on the ballot, he will go in handily first time. Mm-hmm. I think of guys, I mean, just kind of looking at, at, at last year's voting, I mean, guys, so basically, uh, there's a few guys, and if you don't know about the Wrestling Wizard Hall of Fame, there's a few guys that need to get over 50% or else they get dropped off the ballot. Uh, that doesn't mean necessarily that they're going to go in. It just means they have to get over this threshold. Mm-hmm. Uh, Junakiyama, he was at 47%. I think he might get a little bit of groundswell, especially with All Japan and and, the, and you know them sort of resurrecting themselves. So it'll be interesting to see if Akiyama... I, again, like Locke is a really strong term for him. I don't know about him. Uh, Jerry Jarrett, he was at 50% last year. He needs to get fifty over 50% again. Again, I don't know that he's a lock to get in, but I think he might you know be a lock to kind of stay alive. And then Sin Caras uh, in, the, uh, um, in the, the Mexico region, he uh, also is... Uh, hopefully going to get over 50%. But yeah, when you look at guys last year that were pretty close, Gary Hart was at 55%, Jimmy Hart was at 54%, Howard Finkel 54, Bill After at 52. Like nobody really yeah, you know the 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 missionaries of death in Mexico, they were at 57%. They probably I would say have a good chance of going in, but nobody else really feels like a lock at all. I mean, this could be a year it's weird. It might be a year where like nobody gets in. I mean, your new guys are Kenny Omega, Rick Martel, Samoa Joe, Paul Jones, Johnny Rougeau, and uh, Univero uh, 2000. Like, I don't know. Samoa Joe's not a lock to go in, and Kenny Omega's not a lock. So, yeah, lock is a tough term for this year. Yeah. This, this this might be a year where nobody gets You know what I mean? Like, it might be the missionaries of death and, like, Gary Hart, and that's it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it might be one of those years. I mean, we've had a couple recent years. We've had a, a good amount of entrants every year. This might be a year where – I think wasn't there one year where just, like, the Rock and Roll Express went in? Yeah, yeah, I think that was two yeah. years ago that they went in. Last year, we got Mark Lewin, uh, Mike and Ben Sharp, AJ Styles, Minoru Suzuki, and Pedro Morales. Yeah, so that was a busy year. That was so a huge one... year. That got a lot of guys that had been kind of hanging around for a while out. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where, where, where those guys kind of fall. But, yeah, I don't think there's any locks right now. But, no. um, and then anybody that fell off that you can't believe did. I mean, the guys last year that fell off, Pepper Gomez, Dick Hutton, China, 
I mean, I, don't, I think those are all probably likely people to fall off. Uh, who uh, who fell off the year prior? I'm trying to see here. Kinja Shibuya, Ron White, Kimura, Fishman, Dominic Danucci. I don't know if there's any been any fall like huge surprise fall offs to me. I, I nobody really stood out to me. No, still a little salty. Grin Graham Hamada never went in. Just kind of given his uh, you know, kind of the overall influence, mm-hmm. in ring ability, and the enormous crowds he drew in Mexico was kind of. I'm a little salty about that, but what can yeah. you do? I'm always surprised. I was always surprised that uh, Ultimate Warrior fell off as quickly as he did all those years ago, and Goldberg too. I mean, they're back on now, but they're just kind of getting like basic, very small amounts of of of. Uh, yeah, I was kind of. I mean, but if Goldberg was going to get in, it would have been last year. Exactly. He, yeah, he so. peaked right with his his run, and I, I mean, I think his his run's just a little too short to. I'm with you. Yeah, I, I was going in. Yeah, I was surprised that he didn't get a little bit more, but once he didn't get any anymore, it was kind of like, all right, yeah, that's that's probably not going to happen here. And then uh, last year, also, I should mention Kurt Hennig fell off. I know that one kind of stings for some people, but I, you know, that's fine. It's it's you know, it's the Hall of Fame. It, it was, mm. was Viano three. I know a lot of people were upset about. I don't really have any super strong Viano three thoughts, so I can't really give you that much there. But uh, yeah, he was another guy that dropped off um, as well last year. But uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's a question. Uh, Luke Stacks asks, uh, what do you see Goto doing in six months? He had a curiously low point total in the G1 and seems absent from the Chaos Implosion. Is he just going to keep trading the Never title with Taichi, end up in a tag, win the New Japan Cup, or slide down the card even further? Joe Gagne, what the hell do you do with Goto over the next six months? Uh, boy, I don't, I mean, unless you do, he's part of some Chaos shakeup. He's probably just going to keep on, you know, he'll win the Never title, lose it, maybe he'll team up, maybe he'll win the Tag League again. You know, New Japan, another New Japan Cup. You know, have a good middle of the road G one. Yeah, I don't see any kind of real path to break out for him at this point. I don't see him really breaking into that top main event scene the way it is. I mean, maybe he'll get another shot. I don't know, but I kind of see him being where he is right now. Yeah, it's. I'm just. Yeah, there's not. There's nothing happening with Goto. I mean, yeah, you, people can keep hoping for it and we wishing for it. And yeah, he's innovative on offense and does all this sort of stuff. But they obviously don't see Goto on that same level. So yeah, maybe he'll have some weird hope run where he wins a New Japan Cup and everybody thinks, oh, Goto again. But yeah, I, I don't. Hopefully, something in this chaos implosion. Hopefully, he gets involved and he is a major player in it and whatnot because it'd be nice to see him finally get something. But yeah, that 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 ship is is sailing. And he's getting passed up by like every new guy that comes in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, it's gonna eventually be uh be probably be an issue for him uh, getting anywhere all right uh cody uh McAnally, who's done some uh, history pieces on voicewrestling.com really great stuff if you have not read those uh he asks uh do you think WWE could pull off a g1 style tournament uh league tournament uh make it successful with fans in north america what would you think of a junior league with the 205 live style wrestlers would this be an option that you would explore if you had control i feel like having leagues could really help layer stories and matches what are your thoughts well i'll give my thoughts real quick of course i think they should and if i was in control i would but they will never ever 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 do those so Joe, your thoughts on G1 style tag leagues, either being 205 junior league or a main roster G1 style league thing. Yeah. I mean, the thing with Japan is single matches are so much rarer. I mean, look at any new Japan undercard, it's just a bunch of tag matches. So any kind of singles match has some kind of novelty because you don't, you know, even something like Makabe and, uh, you know, Yoshihashi has some novelty to it. They're not push guys, but they're both, that's the only time of the year you'll see it. And, you know, we see guys in big singles matches all the time. If you saw, Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns on Raw, you wouldn't even blink. But, you know, so it kind of loses that cachet in a bit. I mean, I would do it. You know, I would do that. I would tie in house shows. I would have some of the matches take place on house shows, give house shows a little juice. I would tape those matches so you have a little bonus for the network. You know, I think it'd be some good storytelling. I don't, you know, it wouldn't have the impact the G1 does. I certainly would explore it. I think for 205 Live, 
if you want to try, I think it's a, uh, you know, you know, because that, I mean, that's a brand that doesn't have specials. It, if it's lucky, it'll crack the pre-show of a pay-per-view and that's it. So something of their own is worth it. And I think, isn't the Mixed Mass Challenge a, a round robin tournament this year? Uh, if I'm yes. Remembering. It is. So there you go. Yeah, you can so try it that way. Did it. Yeah, they're kind of doing it, but they're I mean, kind of doing still, it now. Still content. Like you said, I think the big reason why it, it, it's so important in, in, in Japan and why it's it's done so much better is because, like you said, singles matches are different and unique and, and special. Like, a, a G1 style league with the main event would be like, you know, Dolph Ziggler versus Seth Rollins. And like, the, you know, it's like, well, you've seen that match like a thousand times, like Kofi Kingston versus Dolph Ziggler, like, you know, Dean Ambrose versus uh, Drew McIntyre. Like it, it, you're getting them almost every night. I mean, basically WWE booking over the course of a year is basically a gigantic bad G1, which is, you know, round Robin match, you know, just this constant cycle of guys facing each other on and off. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, I think it'd be a great idea and it's, it's a way to tell good stories and, and, and use as Cody said, like lay layer stories and layer matches and, and tell stories by who wins and who loses but they're just not gonna i mean they don't even like doing tournaments let alone yeah. a goddamn round robin so like main roster i don't think it'll ever happen triple h doesn't come from a school where that's a thing either so it's not like even he's gonna do it and i think there'd be a, a big you know gap to try to get you know your casual american fans to get invested in you know multi-week you know round robin tournament or whatnot i just don't think they're gonna get that excited mm-hmm. about that so I don't know if if I had control, I would do it, but I think you need to build it up, as you said. Like I don't think one day you could just say, "All right, we're doing one." Like let's go. Like I, it's it it takes time and carefulness to do that. So, um, all right, David Nevitt asks, uh, seeing as it is in the news with countless top indie talent in Canada banned from the U.S. for five years for floating uh, visa rules, uh, is it now actively stupid to even take bookings in the U.S. considering the risk that I assume will affect employment opportunities or prospects down the line? So, David asks, if you're from Canada, would you even bother coming to American indie shows? What do you say? Uh, I mean, given the very stern penalty you can pay, I would imagine not. I mean, I would try to. It's tough because I know Josh Alexander talked about he spent like thousands of dollars, you know, with a lawyer to try to get a working visa. It was just flat out, I, I think, denied. Yeah, he yeah. Said, a- like, AW actually helped him with that. They sponsored yeah. him and did all this sort of stuff, and yeah, it just didn't. And it, it just didn't work out. out. Yeah. So it's tough because you know it's not like he tried the the legal <laughs> the legal path and got nothing to show for it and then you know your other option is just hoping for the best but you might get kicked out of the country for five years so i don't know it's very tough i I think you know i think they should loosen that for uh much like music uh, copyright, they should loosen these laws for uh, for wrestling. Absolutely, yeah. No, it, it sucks, and and like, yeah, it's in the news right now. But I remember, this is the thing that happens every so often. Like, you know what I mean? Where they all of a sudden get stringent about it, but then guys start like, there's like two or three months where you won't hear from people, and then like, you know, then Ethan Page is booked on a show or whatever. You know, what I mean? like it kind of happens where these guys slowly kind of creep their way back in as it goes on. So I wouldn't assume that like now all of a sudden this pipeline of Canada talent is done. It's just going to be done for a little while, and then maybe they'll come back in. But yeah, I mean, if if I was them, I mean, that's it's a real big risk, and with so many opportunities in other countries, in Europe and Japan and whatnot, you know, it might just be worth it to just to say, ah, forget it. I'll just do these shows elsewhere and not really do the America. Yeah, it'd be nice. It'd be nice overall for the rules just to get you know lessened, but uh, or the, the the punishments to get lessened. But uh, yeah, I think like for a while you're going to see a, a a drop off in Canadian talent, but then like. They always, these guys are always going to take that risk. You know what I mean? Like the, the payoff can be pretty high, even if even with the big risk. So yeah, it'll people stay cool for a little bit and then they'll probably come back up. And we had the same thing a few years ago when, you know, Ethan Gabriel Owens was coming over and Alexander, as you said, would be coming back and forth. And uh, what is the Sleeza Sparks or whatever was the other one too. Like it, this happens all the time. So yeah, I don't know. People will come and go and then kind of decide. 
uh, from there. Jared Welsh asks, Rich, what happened to the KMP show? Did you murder John? I did not murder John. I just hung out with him last weekend. He is still alive, as far as I can tell. Uh, I haven't checked with him today, so maybe he uh, he did die today. But as far as I know, he is still <laughs> alive. Um, but no, the KMP show just uh, just got too busy. Uh, he had some other stuff to do. He got a lot of voiceover work. Uh, that he was doing so he got involved in that and then i just i got busy doing over and back and doing some more stuff on voice of wrestling uh launching the patreon so i just decided hey man I'm, i don't think i'm gonna have enough time to devote to this so so that's it that's all it was um i don't know if did i ever tell you this joe that um i was talking with john once and we were talking about uh a youtube channel because he obviously he was doing youtube at that time and streaming and, and, and making pretty good money on it and he was he'd spent like 15 minutes describing a a, a wrestling video game channel and at the end of his describing this, I was like, it was like Joe Gagne's Funtime Arcade. He's like, oh, yeah, I love that one. I was like, and then I dropped, like, I did the the, the worst name drop ever. I was so embarrassed. I was like, I know him. And he's like, well, <laughs> like, he lost his mind. I was like, yeah, I talk to him all the time. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I used you as, like, my big, like, you know, eh, I know that guy. <laughs> like, I could, I could get you. Ugh. You want to talk to him? I could talk. I could hook him up. And he was like, oh, my God, I love him so much. Like, he's great at that or whatever. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know him. <laughs> it was, like, a weird. So I just thought you would like to know that you got, like, dropped, like, confidently, too. Like, I felt like, oh, dude, this is going to be, like, the the ace in the hole. Is like, yeah, I, I know that Joe Gagne guy. Like, mm. I talked to I, th- I think I have his phone number, actually. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things. But, yeah, there you go. So you were a celebrity for that night. Uh, yeah i'm sorry yeah it's really the lowest of the low i've ever done uh brie bella thoughts this is from brand gordon brie bella thoughts do you want to get into this brie bella thing i don't sure don't yeah i really don't (laughs) want to listen to literally every other piece of wrestling audio this week uh to get brie bella thoughts i i don't i i'm done with it i don't care i don't whatever i yeah we're just gonna move on uh what is your mlb playoff hot takes joe i forget are you uh you a big baseball fan yeah uh certainly enjoyable watching the red Sox. this uh this season, although I have God a bad, say, Jesus Christ, I yeah, yeah, I have a bad feeling that they might make their usual early playoff exit, which would, uh, you know, with um, Chris Sale hitting a whopping ninety with his fastball last night, I'm like, oh boy, oh, did that really uh, happen? Oh no, yeah, oh, like, no. The, the manager is like, well, that ain't good, so like, <laughs> you know, that's not good at all. Yeah, we always were wondering when Chris Sale's arm was going to fall off. So apparently, that's um, yeah, after June. <laughs> yeah, so there we go. We finally, like, you know, they like. They took it like ah, they're resting him, but I guess it didn't. I guess it just didn't help. So hopefully they'll score ten runs a game, and it won't be much of an issue. Yeah, they they are capable of doing that. So that maybe that'll that'll do it. But uh, yeah, so that I guess that would be your hot take that the Red Sox, the juggernaut of the Red Sox, uh, bows out early. I think my hot take is uh, uh, the Brewers. I really think the Brewers are a really solid team, top to bottom. I'd, I'd be really interested to see. We see a lot of times that what what, what will keep teams alive is like home runs and a good bullpen. And and that's the you know the that's Oakland is another one too that could really make a, a big run and, and and Milwaukee too I think both those teams could make pretty f- big long runs uh, even though they aren't probably the favorites in either of the leagues but I think those two guys even though I know MLB would do everything they can to prevent an Oakland Milwaukee World Series like, I, I do say, not yeah. think it's going to happen but I think like they will send something to make sure that that does not happen because uh, that would be not great uh, for baseball but I would enjoy that but no I'm not saying that either one of uh, both of them are going to make the World Series or whatnot but I, I wouldn't be surprised if you were those two so that'd kind of be my hot take is is watch out for oakland and milwaukee uh in the al and the nl and your hot take is that boston bowing out because chris sales arm fell off and mm. <laughs> but they still could score like 19 runs a game so that might here's might here's hoping yeah i don't know all right uh brandon you had a third question that seems kind of greedy but we'll answer all of them because i didn't answer your brie bella question uh your opinion on new japan's performance under harold may so far so what do you think of harold may's presidency joe i'm glad he's taking a step back and he's not you know <laughs> we don't see him involved in angles during uh during uh, shows anymore so but i mean besides that it's, it seems kind of like business as usual for 
for New Japan. I can't really speak on that, but I'm glad he's not like a six man champion right now or anything. Yeah, that's um, yeah. I mean, I'm glad that yeah, he's not as public facing as he was for the first few months. But I guess it's been fine. I mean, I know that like you know he he banned like Lance Archer's spitting entrance, which is fine. Like I don't really care all that much. I there has been a little bit more of like Americanized angles and stuff, and I don't know if that's just because of the time and it was probably going to happen anyway. And maybe Harold may has nothing to do with that. It's too hard to tell, man. He's been, you know, what is it? Three, four months that he's been really yeah. at the helm. So who knows? Like this will be a good question to ask in a year. Like so far, I think it's been fine, but yeah, talk to me again in a year and what we'll see kind of what he had his fingerprints on. Cause it might be a thing where, you know, some guys come in and they immediately start making changes or some guys come in and say, Hey, do whatever you're going to do. But then like, let me just kind of see what the lay of the land is and then figure it out as we go. So yeah, it could be a, a situation where he's just kind of letting, things go as they go and then you know in five six months then he says okay well here's what i want to do or here's what i think we should do so we'll see in about a year i think so far positive i guess but yeah i don't i it's, it's really hard to say it's been so early uh jonathan my asks uh, do you think the athletic subscription model combined with poaching the top local writing and reporting talent uh is sustainable and would you we uh would we ever get to the point where we see such an entity work in pro wrestling journalism uh, joe what do you think of the athletics model and if it could work in wrestling I'm not. Oh, I'll defer to you on the on this topic here because I'm not super familiar. Okay, with so the subject matter. Yeah, for people that don't know about the athletic, essentially, it started off as the Athletic Chicago. Is 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 I think what the first one was, and it was uh, essentially a subscription journalism, sports journalism website where you paid X amount a month, you got no ads, and you got pretty decent writers. Like it was like good writers and whatnot. And then little by little, what they started doing is grabbing a lot of the beat writers, so local newspaper writers, and and, and signing them up to the athletic and and moving them over there. And little by little, it became like one of the spots. Like, I mean, for a while, I think it was the the White Sox did not have a beat reporter that wasn't working for the athletic. Like that was the only place that you could get like that level of reporting for, for the White Sox here in Chicago for a while. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's kind of what what a lot of that became. And, and they're still scooping up talent all over the place. They're presumably doing well. Uh, hiring beat writers all over the place, writing top you know reporters and and, and whatnot. So uh, yeah, they're they're just kind of gobbling up all the big talent and putting them under one roof and making it a subscription model that you pay a, a monthly fee for to get access uh, to all of it. I think yeah, I mean I think it's it's uh, sustainable for now. I don't know. Yeah, like it, it's hard to say, but I mean I guess it is. Uh, you know if they keep doing this hiring, I'm supposing they are making a decent amount of money with it. So that's that's good for them, and I think it's great that people pay for writing because that's better for everybody. That people get jobs and people pay for it, and they don't have to rely on ads and that sort of stuff and what's cool about the athletic too uh joe is it's not about a, a lot of clickbait a, a, as well because the yeah, impl- implication is you're paying you know 10 bucks a month or whatever you're getting good stuff they're not just giving you trash they're giving you decent stuff for your money so so these writers i think all enjoy it a little bit more because they're allowed to actually write good stuff and not just like crap that needs to get on a slideshow or or be good for clicks so that's kind of cool as well uh as far as it ever working in wrestling journalism i think it absolutely could and i think it absolutely might at some point it's just the idea of getting everybody under one roof is probably going to be tough and there's there's always this we're, we're the, the pie that we're reaching for is all very very small it's a very little niche uh, so the idea that like, hey, if we all get together, we can all get this one niche at once. It's like, I don't know if it's that sustainable. Like it might be better off with a lot of people doing their own fragmented thing and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be pretty cool to see it all get under one roof. But I think it's going to be it's going to be difficult. I mean, it took God hundreds of years for it to happen in sports journalism. So uh, I don't know that it's ever going to happen uh, with wrestling journalism. But I think I think it could work for sure. So um, so that's that. Uh, we have so, a few more questions on the forums that we will get out of here. Um Okay, so this is from uh, our Isle of Man Man on the forums. Uh, you've been sent to an island to live for the rest of your life. He says, not the Isle of Man, though, because that's a lovely place to live. You don't want to be on the Isle of Man. Uh, you can have one show to watch for the rest of eternity, one theme song you can listen to, and one wrestling video game to play. What do you choose? So, Joe, you get one watch, one show, one theme song, 
and one wrestling video game to play the rest of your life, what are you picking? Now, is this a wrestling theme song or like a television? He show said theme song? he just said theme song. So, Joe, you can go wherever you want. I'll, t- I'll take that on the night court theme song. <laughs> the night court, what? <laughs> yeah, it was banger. That's a banger. I'll take that. It is a banger. Okay, all right. All right, I'll take the uh, the Simpsons. Uh, so I'll have ten good seasons, and then I can you know find some scraps for the last two decades and uh, one wrestling video game. Yeah, maybe I take a Fire Pro because I could always uh, be updating that or just trying to create someone will take like a month anyway. So that'll certainly pass. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you won't even realize that you're on a desert for the rest of your life or uh, a deserted island. Uh, all right, so one show to watch for the rest of eternity. The Simpsons is a good call. Um, yeah, it's got the most good seasons. Uh, in the interest of fairness, I won't pick the the Simpsons, but maybe The Office is what I would go with. At least you got about eight decent seasons of that. But The Simpsons probably would be a good one because like you said you got ten solid seasons. South Park would be a good one too because you have just a lot of consistency uh, through through many 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 years, which is key in this when you need the one show. And you're kind of you're kind of stuck on an island, so you don't really. I don't know that I want like a deep, you know, like intricate you know i don't want the wire or anything like that you know i don't, I don't want one of those shows or like lost i especially don't want lost that would be <laughs> yeah, depressing on all levels so that's i don't want the lost at all but uh yeah something funny to kind of lighten the mood a little bit i i haven't heard is this he didn't specify is this like a cool island or is it like a really desolate island i guess every island that you're stuck on for the rest of your life but like if i'm just sipping my ties on a beach like i don't know i'm good <laughs> that's mm-hmm. fine with me that's you know it's pretty good but uh all right so that that'll be my one show my one theme song um since you went tv show I think the cheer song would be pretty good. It'll keep me in a good mood. I'm, I'm, I'm planning on being depressed. <laughs> I was going to say, that's a kind of a bummer there. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess it's with, that's the song is all about being with people and I'm by myself for the rest of my life. Assumingly, he has a, a loaded question here. We don't know that you're by yourself. Um, let me think about a wrestling theme song. Probably Okada's theme. That always gets me pretty hyped up. Or Kenny Omega's theme. That goes through a few different... Uh... <laughs> He's going to do poses and hope... Uh... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Someone <laughs> sees you far away. Exactly. like <laughs> Or hope money just rains down. Even though I don't need money, I guess. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. I don't need that. So if you have to do a wrestling theme song, Joe, which which wrestling theme song would you pick? What uh, 30-second loop would you want to hear for the rest oh, of your Oh, God life? almighty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. God, that's a tough one. I don't know, real American pops in my mind. I don't know why. Maybe I'll be all tan like the Hulkster. I could just. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. A little Hulkster. You can just do ear cups to the ocean or something. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what. Um... Ooh, Hakushi's theme would be nice, even though it just depressed me to no level. But <laughs> I do love that theme a lot. Uh, one wrestling video. Maybe the Island- oh, do the Islanders have theme music? Oh, the Islanders. You're right. Yeah. yeah maybe like. That'd be a pretty fun one. Uh, one wrestling video game to play. Oh, no. Actually, the Fabulous Rougeau's would be my one because then I <laughs> I'd just be joyous every moment of my life um one wrestling video game to play out as the aforementioned revenge i probably would pick and, and mm. move that on there so all right uh lawson leone asks also contributor to voice wrestling.com uh your top five favorite he asks a bunch of categories here we're not going to do every one of these categories uh but i'm going to ask you rpgs role-playing games joe <laughs> gagney your five favorite role-playing games of all time uh, you only get five, you only get five yeah so i'm strict on that five so go ahead Oh, that one set in uh, medieval times where you have to—I don't know—I don't play Chrono Trigger. <laughs> Is that what you're thinking no. of? No, I'm, they're all. Are they all Golden set in medieval Axe. times? No, God damn it, Joe. Golden Axe is an RPG. I know. It's not an RPG. It's a beat. Yeah, I don't, I don't like RPGs. I don't like <laughs> having to wait my turn to kick some ass. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually gotten more in RPGs as I've gone on uh, in in recent years. I don't know why, for whatever reason. Even though I have less time than ever, I now want to. Sp- play rpgs a little bit more i don't know if i can come up with a top five favorite chrono trigger is probably my number one mm. um i think we're legally obligated to say earthbound so 
I've never played Earthbound to be honest. So oh, no. I've never had it. So. I'm just kidding. I'm Actually, get um, if you remember when uh, you're probably too young for this, but Nintendo Power once gave away copies of a uh, Dragon Warrior if you uh, resubscribed. I'm like, hell yeah, a free video game, and it's just like walking around killing slimes, and it's like you got one gold piece. It's like, oh shit, I see if <laughs> they a, gave the game away. It's a great game, you monster! <laughs> How dare uh, you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I want a squashing buttons that you grinding your endlessly your way it's grind as fuck yeah they're they're, i played the uh what was that they re-released a dragon quest game for the uh 3ds i forget which one it was eight or something like that and i swear to god i put like 50 hours into that game and i looked at like a game facts to see how close i was and i was like halfway done i was like fuck (laughs) i was like i have been playing this game at one point my wife even asked like are you still playing that game like you've been playing that for like months and i'm like i know i know but i'm almost done and she's like, all right. And then I look and I'm like, wait, I'm not almost done. What the fuck? Fuck this game. Like, I don't have time for this anymore. This is garbage. But uh, yeah, Final Fantasy VII's pretty good too. I don't love that game as much as some other people do. It hasn't really aged all that well. I don't know if I can come on my top five, but maybe if uh, a little bit more time, I can try to think about that. Mm-hmm. What about uh, about platformers? Did any platformers stick out to you that you really enjoyed uh, all time? Man, I always think Super Mario 3 on the NES is just like a work of art. That's a holy grail. Yeah. That I was just, yeah, I was like revisiting that on the. Oh, you can play that. To, you can play it tomorrow, and it still is as fun as it was the first Absolutely. time you played it. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. I wish he asked about beat 'em ups because I could. <laughs> Dude, I'm a big beat 'em up guy too. We should start a, uh, a video game web series about beat 'em ups pod- podcast. Yeah, yeah, fuck about beat 'em ups all day. You ever play the Combat Tribes in uh, in the arcade? Uh, ooh, let me look at the game art to see if I have it. Was it Combat Tribes? Com- yeah, it's Combat and Tribes. Oh, that one. Yes, I have. Yeah, I can rock. Yeah, where it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're just this huge dude. I, there's like, I don't know, you're a cyborg or something. It didn't really explain it, but you're slow as hell, but you just beat the hell. Like, you can do like giant swings and you like slam people's faces in the concrete. That's a great game. You're fighting like a baseball stadium at one point in that one, right? Yeah, you fight like the racist Indians mascot. It's like the boss. <laughs> <laughs> See, they're woke. <laughs> yeah. woke before woke. You also cool. fight like Hacksaw Jim Duggan's dad as like the first boss. It's just a big fat guy <laughs> with a two by four. Techno's always had some good stuff. Yeah, I remember that oh, game a lot. Cool. I think it's been at CNES as well, so that's a, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah I think there was a port. That's I don't think it's really sadly out there. But yeah. oh damn it's yeah you know I've just ditched doing the uh, wrestling games for squashing buttons and just play beat 'em ups because I love beat 'em ups man it's the best like when my buddies and I get together and we're just like playing old games beat 'em ups are the best because you can just all and then like it's it's so rewarding to beat them and they're always fine like you know they're always there's a certain level of fun that's even like you know any of the streets of rages you can pick up and play at any moment like any of the Capcom basically anything that Capcom made that was yeah. a beat 'em up is, is is solid the even the Simpsons the Turtles the any of those are, are super easy to pick up and play. And do that golden axe as we mentioned before uh, a great one but yeah it's a lot of the deep cut ones are actually some of the best the ones that you would never ever think of end up being a lot of fun um there was one what am i trying to think of you beat up poachers uh, what the hell is the name of that game <laughs> which is great the, the the analogy of just like using rocket launchers to kill poachers is like uh, <laughs> that's a little yeah <laughs> what oh what the hell is the name of that game beat them up poacher <laughs> i don't know if that's actually gonna get me uh what i need ah that's it so uh, what is it doesn't tell me the name of it growl growl is the name of it well, it's awesome you just beat the fuck out of poachers the entire time all oh, right <laughs> and like as you're doing it like i said you're just launching explosions like you're making elephants run over people for you but it's all in the name of like not killing animals so it's uh it's unique in that sense but uh yeah growl if you ever get a chance to play growl uh there you go all right um Tim Dog asks here, uh, yes, if Chrono Trigger is the best NES game, I'm going to skip that one because I think you would disagree uh, with that since you don't like RPGs. Uh, 
you and Joe, I think he refers to Lanza, but uh, we'll use Gagne as a Senate. Always say that WWE has put themselves in a position where booking doesn't matter. But what happens in a few years when these new TV contracts are up? If ratings keep declining and the booking keeps pushing away fans, do you think WWE should be worried about getting a way lower TV deal? What can WWE do to keep their company as profitable as it is now? And if they do get a worse deal, what internal changes do you see happening? So a lot of questions there. Let's just maybe ask them the first one. You know, what happens in a few years when these new contracts are up? Or what happens once these contracts get done and, and maybe ratings keep going down? Ratings keep being bad. I mean, do you see it being a, a, a big deal? Because right now it's not really. It's like, yeah, whatever, the ratings are down, but we got a sweet TV contract coming up. Is there a possibility that once that contract gets in, that the ratings being low doesn't over all the way turn overnight and like it becomes an issue? Do, do you see that happening possibly? It certainly could be, but I mean, I didn't think they'd get the TV deals they got this time around. After last time, they got, you know, I think they were disappointed in you know what they promised and what they got. And then the ratings are worse now when they get these enormous deals. So who the hell knows what television is going to look like? Maybe, maybe you know, even their bad ratings will be more valuable at that point. Who I mean, who the hell knows what television and wrestling will look like in five years? I mean, look at you know, 1993 to 1998. You know, there was explosion in popularity. I don't think anyone really foresaw coming but the way they i mean but the way they're set up now they don't really allow for the kind of you know, like one person to get hot and really explode the business so you know maybe vince isn't in charge maybe you know maybe he is maybe he's not and things get worse that way so it's too hard to say i mean i don't think they'll get as good a tv deal next time but you know i didn't think they get a, as good as they got this time so who the hell knows yeah it's hard to say i mean it's it's impossible to know i mean the big important thing is that they offer content like they're a content factory at this point and and ratings of course they're going to want good ratings but they're also these 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 stations want content they just need you know content that they could put on there live content especially is what they want that's why they're getting their big tv deal so we'll see i mean if the ratings completely crater on fox like yeah fox is going to be upset about that they're paying a shit ton of money and putting them in a big situation so if the ratings are no no good that's gonna be a problem if usa usa i think is always going to sort of because there was that weird period where usa was like kind of getting annoyed at WWE because the ratings weren't that good but then like now USA is kind of cratered all overall so like whatever they get from WWE is gravy like that that's it, it they want that they need you know what WWE is giving them so I think they're fine with that but yeah Fox could be the interesting one there if it's like the ratings absolutely suck and Fox might just say okay look we can put something much cheaper on Friday but yeah we don't know the whole details of the contracts we don't know if there's ratings threshold if there's opt-outs if there's you know clauses in there so it's hard to know without seeing that but yeah I don't know it, it's it's really hard to judge right now because yeah as you said the TV kind of stinks and the ratings kind of stink and they get the biggest TV deals ever. And they're like astronomical figures. So who the hell knows who the hell knows what the next step is going to be here. But, um, all right. So this is a question. I think this is a good one for you. I'm going to do this one and then we'll do one more. So we're not a little bit too long here so we can get out. But, uh, uh, Dan Waka asks, suppose that all Japan for wrestling is working with WCW instead of new Japan, uh, in the 1990s. So instead, so w, instead of New Japan working with WCW, All Japan is working with WCW in the 90s. That's basically the question. Who makes up NWO All Japan in this fantasy scenario? What WCW scrubs would you like to see make their way into the championship carnival to uh, to job in brutal beatings uh, and just fake Sting challenge for the Triple Crown Championship at some point? Uh, so what do you make of that? NWO All Japan, Joe. Book. <laughs> what? Is it like Kawada wearing like sunglasses and a shirt? <laughs> I don't know. I have, a hard, I have a hard time with this. They were so straight laced. Yeah, it's hard to believe that just like NWO comes in and yeah, like he said, Kawada's just like cross armed with glasses on. Like it yeah. made sense for all uh, for New Japan at the time. It seems so difficult to understand. Like yeah, like Buff Bagwell in the Champion Carnival or whatever. Like I know he was in a G one, but it was kind of a little bit different at that point. But yeah, like you know, it's hard to believe. Like you know, Hugh Morris is in the Champion Carnival. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like Giant Baba's gonna like oh better appease Eric Bischoff. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Like I don't. Like, yeah. 
So who's in your NW All Japan, Joe? And you can't even. Oh God. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just picture Kawada like smoking a cigarette with his sunglasses on. And... That'd be pretty sweet, though. Let's be honest. That'd I kind of would. Real cool. But I don't know. Everyone's so like, you know, like so lumpy. It's just kind of. Yeah, nobody like like, like cool, Tawei you know? can't be in there because he's just like yeah, like, like yeah. You don't eh. believe any of those guys would join the NWO like. Like Doctor Death, like I don't. I mean, I'm just right. The, like Stan Hansen, like I don't know. I don't see. Yeah, HBO. Johnny Ace, maybe, but that doesn't quite work. Oh uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of silly. I don't even want to think about it. So I'm not even going to think about it. NWO All Japan. Yeah. Don't think about it. Well, let us know on Twitter at Voices Wrestling who would make up your NWO All Japan uh, in your <laughs> scenario there. But uh, all right, so uh, he also asked bonus question here. Uh, also for video games, were you Atari, Nintendo, PlayStation, or Sega in the 80s and 90s? Uh, Coleco, Commodore, and television are also acceptable answers. So Joe. What is your video game lineage? Uh, had an Atari. Uh, a lot of River Raid and Pitfall 2 were my favorites for that one. Uh, went to the classic NES. Uh, jumped to the Sega Genesis after that because there was a nice price drop there. Lament that a little bit in my later years. Uh, back to an N64. And then uh, then also I had a PlayStation. I was out of college and working at the time. And then a PlayStation 2 and uh the next box 360 and here I, I guess a switch because my son has one although not really other than video wrestling video games for that are like comically atrocious so like the like the WWE oh my god the WWE one yeah where it didn't even like yeah. work like no it like, worked. like it's like you had to cut out like a third of the roster and it just froze up so <laughs> it never worked yeah are they doing that again are they rolling that back this year for the I don't. I don't think so. I think really they kind of learned their lessons. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Yeah, my lineage was uh, so I started with an NES. I was very, very young when I got an NES. Um, that basically set off the rest of my life of being a terrible, disgusting nerd. But uh, yeah, so NES. Uh, then I moved on to the Sega Genesis. Then I moved on to the N64. Then I moved on to the Dreamcast from the N64. I think I had those at the same time. Uh, then I did PS2. Then I did Xbox 360. And then I did um, uh, PS4, and then some obviously some other handhelds in the between there. I got the uh, the original Game Boy, uh, the Game Boy Color, uh, the Game Boy Advance SP or whatever. That's the folded one, uh, 3DS, and then now I have a Switch as well. So that's all also my lineage in terms of the handhelds. But yeah, that's a that's the path I went down. Pretty happy with that. I really wish I had gotten a little bit more into SNES as a kid, but all my friends had Genesis. Like. I was at that age where, like, you could not have an SNES. Like, I had one friend that had an SNES, and he might as well have just, like, left school. You know what I mean? Like, he just <laughs> mercifully made fun of this kid. Like, he's like, uh, you know, I'm sure this kid now is just like, you assholes. Like, I was playing, like, these great games, and we're like, oh, no, like, we're playing great RPG. <laughs> yeah, like, right. He's, he's probably, like, a, a physicist now, and we're just a bunch of fucking idiots, you know, or we're playing Sonic 2. All right, well, um, okay, so I had to ask this question. And then we had two more questions that were very good ones, but but we're running out of time here a little bit. But this question, I absolutely 100% had to ask you, Joe. I don't even know if I have an answer for this. Uh, Stank of Honor is the <laughs> username on the forums, <laughs> which explains a lot of this question. Okay. Are you ready for this, Joe? Will Lucha Underground get any credit for the wrestling boom when this modern era of wrestling is looked back on? I've been watching it since day one and pushed creative writing out of it. This is the place where many people, including myself, first saw Pentagon, first saw Phoenix, Ricochet, on TV and in the U.S., Shane Strickland, Cage, Jeff Cobb, and countless other stars who literally have been on the face of indie wrestling since the time the show debuted. Before this, I never saw these guys all over my Twitter feed and gifts. I know everyone laughs at it, but if it weren't for that show, would these guys really have taken off the way they did? Hell, they made Alberto El Patron interesting when he feuded with Johnny Mundo and turned heel on him 
would it have happened anyways or is it just a coincidence i don't blame anyone for thinking it's cringe but i do think they played a key role in today's wrestling landscape just curious what you guys think so joe will lucha underground ever get their credit for the wrestling boom of the modern era well i mean his credit for the boom is a little overstated. I mean, he's not wrong. In no, when I read that, of, initially I laughed and I was like, ah, you know, you're not like totally off base here. No, a lot of guys got national television exposure and maybe, you know, it's 100,000 100, people, 150, but, you know, that trickles down to the hardcore fans of independent wrestling. And you look at all the, I mean, you know, look at Cage before and after. And, you know, he's, he's everywhere. He's on impact now. And, uh, you know, Pentagon broke through. He was just a guy like, you know, diehard Lucha fans kind of raved about. And he broke out in a big way. Same with Phoenix. You know, Jeff Cobb, you know, got that from being um, Monster Matanza. I guess I'm unmasking now. But he oh got, you know, God. kind of pushes. I know. I just want to fit in. You know, so, yeah, you know, they, they do get credit for that. But, you know, I don't when, when you know, considering we have to really stop and think about it, they probably won't get the credit. I guess they deserve. But, you know, a lot of things you can fault about it, and I've also watched it since episode one. You know, they've had a good eye for talent. It's kind of, kind of what they do with them at times. I mean, they also had a bad eye for talent. <laughs> Seeing too many Cobra Moon matches for my lifetime, but so be it. Yeah, it's um, yeah, no, I, I the show's absolutely just it's just kind of like horrible. Jack Evans was killed, by the way, in this uh, last episode. In case you didn't know, yeah, there's just been a uh, enormous for, death. For uh, Death, death, uh, death toll this season, but yeah, they really, they really the numbers are really stacking up. Yeah, they've they've really put yeah. a number on this roster. But uh, yeah, no, like P- Phoenix and Pentagon, they absolutely 100 deserve credit for for kind of breaking those guys out uh, onto the scene, and especially in season one. I think season one was was a big deal. I think a lot of guys broke out in season one and and, and got some stuff. Jeff Cobb, I think you absolutely they should deserve a little bit of credit for for a Jeff Cobb type. Uh, Cage, like you said, I mean, yeah, ardent PWG fans knew about him, but he really broke out a lot uh, a big way. Shane Strickland, yeah, I'll give you credit for that one too because he was a guy who was just kind of floating around i mean that's part of his evolve uh angle right now is like yeah i was here and you guys just like didn't want me and now you know i'm the champion and everybody cares about me uh ricochet will not give them credit for unfortunately like i think he was pretty big everywhere else but you know when we talk about casual fans that might not know anything he might have been you know they might have found him from you know uh again i want to unmask him i mean this is this is a tough one here to unmask ricochet so i won't even bother doing that but yeah i don't know um yeah maybe i don't know i don't think they're gonna get any credit for any of this but maybe they deserve a little bit more i I initially did this as a joke and then like as i was kind of reading through i was like yeah you know what you're not you're not totally wrong with a lot of this they they had they've done a great job of cultivating talent from lucha and 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 breaking them out on a main scene and 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 also grabbing some uh california indie wrestlers that hadn't quite grown beyond pwg so i'll give them credit for that for sure but uh yeah i don't know if they deserve credit for like a boom but i'll give i'll give them a little bit so all right, Joe, I think that's it. We talked about the the one last question was asking any plans for Mania. We uh, we already done that. And then our, our good friend Andrew Rich asked a question about uh, New Japan USA shows. But I think we, yeah. talk, we kind of touched on both of those um, already as well. So I think we are done here for tonight. Yeah. So, Joe, before uh, we get out of here, do you want to give your last plugs out of the way where people can uh, follow you and where they can find some of your other work as well? Uh, yeah, Andrew tried to sneak in a uh, plug for Music of the Mad, his upcoming episode about Kane, but no dice, buddy. Oh, well, and, no, uh, I do love music of the man, and I will enjoy the Kane episode a lot. I'm but, kidding. Uh, he didn't make a terrible pun in that post, so I'll give him a little credit there. <laughs> uh, as for me, yeah, Twitter is Joe Gagney. Uh, five-star match game will be coming back, taping next week, so probably, yeah, about a week from Tuesday or so. That should be uh, finally returning. Sorry. I'm, 
is pointed out to me i'm on so many people other people's podcasts i kind of neglect to do my own sometimes how dare you it's just the uh cost of doing business you but, monster. Uh, yep uh fun time arcade is <laughs> a search youtube for that i kind of i'm just kind of i want i want to say stuck right now but i just got to get off my rear and uh get that next episode done and uh joe versus the world still out there so uh yeah give that give all those a listen and uh and uh all the great all the great shows here rich doesn't listen to all the shows i listen to all the shows here on the voices of wrestling it's i think you do listen to more than i do <laughs> believe it or not not I'm to sure. be a bad leader I'll, here but i'll do it yeah i'll do it. did you know the super j cast has a new shirt at pro com? i did know that actually oh, okay so. then I'm go. saying, if you listen to their show, you should probably know what they talked about it, but that's out there. For right sure. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they got, they got it stuff. Yeah, on the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network, a lot of great stuff. As I mentioned, the five-star match game. Music of the Mats. Andrew Rich's uh, great look at the pressing music with Kane coming up. We got the Brit Restaurant Table, as I mentioned. They'll have some stuff about the Progress Wembley. I'm sure uh, Wrestling Omakase just released uh, an episode about DDT and all that other good stuff. Uh, Patreon-wise, we have the uh, NFL Intelligentsia. Joe just dropped today. His TV reviews. Uh, as we said, Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame stuff coming up for that as well. Uh, additional stuff on the network, the Super J cast, uh, the two Sarahs, uh, some good stuff coming up with those uh, as well. Lucha the, the Hidden Temple, of course, a great show as well, and a bunch of other stuff. Open the Voice Gate also did an episode this week, so it's been a busy week for the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network, so make sure you subscribe not only to the Voice Wrestling flagship, but also all of those shows as well. Just look for Voice of Wrestling uh, Podcast Network on your podcast app of choice, and you should be able to find it. Uh, also, voicewrestling.com, it's where all of our columns, previews, and reviews are. Uh, voicewrestling.com slash forums are great message boards with topics about everything in the world of wrestling. Uh, and Twitter at Voices Wrestling. I mentioned the Patreon as well, patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling. And I think that is just about it for us. So, Joe, thank you very much for filling in uh, and filling our Joe quota for the week. I uh, really do appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time on the Voice Wrestling flagship podcast. Take care. <laughs>